Golight presents Murder Most Irish. This week's episode, Sarah has another friend. Hi, everybody. I do have another friend. She's going to lunch, or dinner, or lunch, whatever. I have a dinner tomorrow with a friend that isn't Emma. Do you want to come? No. Okay. What am I going to do? Sit there. Yeah. And make a friend too. No, I don't want another friend. I need you to know that I don't want any more friends. Well, you want to tell the people that listen to this podcast that want to be your friend? So they don't want to be my friend for exactly four minutes. And then they'll be like, oh, okay, she's really miserable. And only a certain amount of people can put up with it. Okay. You and Colin being those people. Oh well, I think that's an untrue statement. But no, no, it isn't. Wait, I'll tell you what happened, right? You, you <laughs> fucked off, right? I was on important business, right? You said I'm fucking out of here. See you, and bitches. You left. I did. And you went I down did. to Longford. I did do that. And when you were down in Longford, cause you got sad, then you stopped messaging me. I did. And then because I knew you were sad, I was like, I can't message you. Be like, hey, listen, are you okay? What's going on? Are you okay? Because then well, I know if I say to you, are you okay when you're sad? You're like, don't be. I feel bad because you're worried about me. <laughs> and, uh, uh. and so I was like, do you know what I need to do now? I have to get a new friend because well, I'm going through a lot. Well, I need someone to this talk new friend to. is best of luck with everything. Yeah, best of luck. Best of luck. I wish us the best of luck Shake too. Your hand, good woman. Best of luck with She's everything. Not really She's your friend. Uh, she is she's your friend. She's your friend. She's your friend. She is, but she's very nice. I don't need the boss. Um. Anyway, that's how I got a new friend. Hello, everybody. And if you want to be my friend, write into PO Box two seven two eight. Send twenty five euro in a card. Post stamp posted postage and pay packaging paid. I take a check. I take a post date check. We take whatever you want. Well, like if you just want to send it to Revolut, I will take my phone crypto. Number. I take uh, any form of payment you want to give me. Could you imagine how better, how much better our lives would be if we just had lots of money? Lots of money. I bet you if we listen back to January's episode, we're saying the exact same thing. Absolutely, we fucking are. Yeah. Absolutely, fucking we yeah, are. 100%. Anyway, uh, Could you imagine if, if we woke up every day and I was like, I don't have to worry about money. Money? <laughs> What's that? Yeah. And you just you just bought whatever you wanted and then didn't worry about anything. I just paid all my bills and, and I didn't have this like, feeling. If you had money, there'd be something else wrong. I feel like there wouldn't. I'd have this feeling, I don't, wouldn't have this feeling in my gut of worry all the time yeah. about money. About money, yeah. Even though I have money... I'm financially okay for the next two months. What are you worried about? The, oh, okay. Post that. But okay. two months... Uh, in the two months... Like, after the two months, I have no idea what I'm going to do. We're poor. Please give us money. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, write a song. Write a song. Please. To Money, Money, Money by ABBA. But you know, make it that um, we need the money. You know the song? I'm talking about the man in the mirror. Yeah. I'm one of the kids that he's singing about that Is song. That, are you? <laughs> That's crazy. And, um, <laughs> I if you want to make the world a better place, place send money to Emma Sarah Chain Colin write this write this write it down write it down <laughs> na, 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 do you think Michael Jackson's estate would have seen us no because they've got enough problems right now going yeah. on they've got enough issues going on right now Um, I understand as I get older I'm a feminist number one feminist in the world 
TM <laughs> trademark pop pending. Can we call I, this episode <laughs> Emma is the number one feminist in, in the, the world. world? Trademark, yes, me. Um, I understand why people marry for money. Yeah. As I get older, I'm like, oh, mm. I absolutely get this. I just have to tolerate you in my house briefly for a little while, but I just get all this money. I understand nuclear families. Yeah. I don't understand them, but I'm like, I could actually, there's a little part of me that's like, I could live a life like that, yeah. but I'd want to be the man. You want to be the man? Yeah. I want to be out in the house eight hours a day. Did you ever just want to be like a sentient blob? Or you didn't have to experience anything other than just being alive, existing? And nobody can do anything to you or you can't do anything to anybody? No. You're just there. And you're like, okay, I'm alive and I can see the flowers. But I don't need to work or anything. I can just be a sentient blob and I don't have to have sex and no one has to have sex with me. Oh, no, I've never... (laughs) I've never wanted to be that. If you but I want... sometimes I look at my dogs and think, this is the life. The life. Yeah. Like I was leaving my house today, my cat was just lying there in the bed and I was like, look at you, I haven't to do one thing. Yeah. But I didn't mind because I was going to see you and let them care. Yeah, yeah but like sometimes I look at my dogs and I think, what a life. <sighs> what a life. If any of you have ever thought about being a sentient blob, right in. What the fuck is a sentient blob? Just like, right, imagine you were just like a blob. Like Floating maybe around. slightly human shaped. Maybe just like, and you were just there and you didn't have to do anything but you just existed because you could see the beautiful flowers and you're like oh I just appreciate everything because I don't have to do anything like a vegetable this is where I'm going with this I'm wrong I apologise not like a vegetable <laughs> never mind like a lettuce no like a human vegetable oh like a human vegetable <laughs> but they're not they're not they're not awake do you know did you see that man that's in the iron lung for the longest time ever yeah he seems real happy too Seems like a v- real happy guy. Like, he seems like he's having, like, he, not that he's having a great time, but he seems genuinely <laughs> happy. Like, I've seen an interview with him and he was like, what did he, he, say? he was just happy, Emma. He was just like, yeah, like, it keeps me alive. I get can to he, come in. Can he move? That? Can he move? Can he, he can get out for one hour a day. He can I get out. Pull the Mickey off myself for that one hour a day. Like, <laughs> wouldn't you though? Wouldn't you? That'd be the main thing you think about. I don't know. Like I you might know. be, you might struggle pulling the Mickey off yourself for an hour. Iron If you if you've got to live your life Have in an iron lung. Discover. No. How to get like live outside of an iron lung if you've got polio? It is He's got polio, right? Isn't that I what it so, is? Yeah. How have we not figured that out for that poor gentleman? Because we figured out a vaccine, so medicine didn't have to figure out a way for you to like live with polio. Well, they need to figure out something for him. Well, he's got it. Is yeah. Yeah. We're done. Put a hex on this man. I don't if want. I, but like he's an... to him now. <laughs> this is gonna be played back somewhere. <laughs> These two fucking witches. Put a hex in that poor Iron Lung man. man. No, it's great. Iron Lung by Radiohead. Great song. That is a great song. Great song. Uh, Ben's a great album. That is a great I'm a little bit high. I think it's medication that I just took. I think I'm a little bit... Police. I told you that whenever I used to listen to Radiohead as a kid. I get it. My dad would come in and go, everything okay? Everything Everything all right? You feeling okay? I think... Then I went through a stage where I only listened to a band called The Haunted. That must have been even worse for him. He was like, what's going on here? But you're like the happiest person. Yeah. I would never think you would be listening to like, or even if you were listening to kind of slightly depressing music, I don't think it's a reflection of you. I think it's, it's never a reflection like. of my mood, no. Yeah. When I'm sad, I listen to happy music. You listen I know when to... I'm sad, I don't listen to any music. But when I'm like a little anything. bit down, I'm like, happy music. Put on happy music. Are you, well, yeah, because I was listening to that Beyonce album when I was real sad at work once and then I used to cry driving into work. 
Oh, I, lemonade. Yeah. Yeah, you went through with lemonade. Remember? Yeah. Freedom! Freedom! Yeah, like, and I'd be like, absolutely went through with lemonade. Sub my heart out in the car. Hope a bus, hope again. <laughs> I hit my bus, but I don't die. I just mildly injured. I don't have to go to work. It's mad how many people have had that thought process. So you're like, if yeah. I just was in a, if something just slightly hit the Lewis and I was yeah. there and I was like, oh, I can't go to work. Yeah. Traumatized. Traumatized. Anyway, hello, everybody. Anyway, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. This is a. Uh, a different episode we're doing that thing that Sarah hates we're doing a live we're putting up a live episode. episode so we're putting up our episode from Cork because for the reasons are twofold reason the first um, we want to try and get tickets sold reason the second um, a lot of people have actually asked for us well, at the time to so kind of live stream the episode and we couldn't do yeah, that the Cork episode in particular because it was a really small venue yeah. there was only 70 people that could yeah, come yeah, yeah. so like whereas the other two shows had 200 people yeah 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 um so the cork episode i'm cool with yes cool yeah so and the other live episodes the two live shows Mm -hmm. in the sugar club are up on the patreon Patreon. yeah but people had said when we were doing the cork shows or any way you guys can stream this yeah and we just couldn't i'm really sorry so i figured it might be nice to let people hear it Um, yeah and emma is so we've in terms of capacity because someone actually on facebook page who is in a wheelchair was asking oh. about like wheelchair accessibility yeah. in Liberty Hall and I was like there's actually you'll be fine yeah. it's fully accessible yeah. like if you have any specific needs or requirements please let us know please let us know but also like buy a ticket we'll sort it don't worry 100%. the venue is fully accessible um, but I did say in that thing where I was like there's loads of tickets left there isn't after what you told me yesterday yeah there's not a whole load left um that's the only that's the reason we're kind of doing this is because in case people want to get tickets um please feel free to do so um i'm actually weirdly enough excited about this one the other three i was terrified you weren't that terrified of cork oh before it are you kidding me i was like dying before it i was in the bathroom constantly yeah like so i was really terrified but this one i'm kind of like no it's fine we've done three so I get the gist of what's going to happen and I it's such a lovely thing because obviously when we were doing the first two people kept saying to me hey we're on your side we're not here yeah. to make you feel bad it or might scared turn now. it could turn <laughs> it could turn it could we could just say the one these people wrong, are fickle the one wrong thing and it could just, that iron lung thing people turn against us listen to anybody in an iron lung that's listening to this <laughs> really what sorry. do you do when you're hour out of the iron what lung what do you do right in Podcast at gmail.com yeah write in what you do what outside do you do outside the iron lung iron lungs are so fascinating to me like that is such a terrifying concept but like he's that's all he knows that's why that's all he knows that's his life why don't he because he like he didn't get polio very young I would love to be a blog blob in an iron lung somebody draw that send it in that would be a great picture all I'm imagining is that blobfish in an iron lung no you know what I mean like sentient blob so you know what I want to be what? You know that movie? No, this is not it because he was water. You know that is Pixar movie where the guy was water and she was fire. Yes, I'd like to be the water. But he's not sentient. And he has a job. And he's fully. He's fully. Employed. But he's a happy, dude. He's gainfully employed. I feel like you're the fire girl in that. Just so you're aware. I do. Trapped. How dare you? Trapped in a life of misery. I'm, have you any housekeeping? You fucking <laughs> cunt. <laughs> housekeeping. Yeah. Have you any trapped in a life of mental illness? on a life of mental illness yay so many other people are though it's great medication forever yay. take your medication we're all doing great lads everything's great have you any housekeeping housekeeping no 
buy our fucking tickets. Buy our tickets to our show. No, you don't um, have to. You no, do listen, in terms of the usual, uh, the people who are continuing to support our Patreon. Thank, thank you so much. much. Patreon content this. Well, actually, we've done loads of Patreon content. We have. Content we've been today. so good. Yeah, we've done a movie's most awesome. Irish. Awesome. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Colin's most podcast. Colin's con- Sarah's just saying words. Movie's <laughs> most podcast. Is that my favorite thing? Uh, if we could, can we call it Movie's most podcast? Movie's most podcast. Um, and we're going to see another movie on Friday. We are. And then we're going to do a little potty after that. Um, we've done plenty of drives. We've done loads. We've actually been so good. But it's because we haven't seen each other. Yeah, we haven't seen each other. Yeah. So I've been so happy the it's last couple of days because I've seen uh, it. <laughs> And it's actually because I'm feeling good. Yeah, like yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to see everybody. I'm so glad to be here and just don't take anything for granted. Let's. No, no, I, I do. I miss miss my friends a lot. Um, but you know, it is what it is at this point. But yeah, that's. I don't have any housekeeping. Do I have any housekeeping? Um, I'd like to say thanks to Susan who bought us the lovely presents. Susan or made them. I'm not sure if she made them or bought them. Either way, whatever you did, if you made them, incredible. If you bought them, incredible. They are fabulous, so pretty, and I love mine. I have it in my sitting room, Susan. Um, I think Colin's gonna put his on his wall. That's so sure where Sarah Jane is putting her. I do have something. I know yeah. I wrote it down. But Susan, thank you very, very much. We appreciate. It was such a nice because I didn't know what it was. We had to go to the depot. And I was like, what is this? And we were so happy when we opened it. And we were together, which was so nice. Yeah. So, um, thank you, Susan. Thanks very much to the Liz, to Liz Carney Mulhern. Great name. Whose husband was the cousin of Arlene. No way. And she said that... Um, wow. They live in Chicago now. Okay. He grew up in Castle Derg. Okay. And that she sometimes listens to us late in bed. Because she's a night owl and usually my husband is asleep or falling asleep. But last night when Emma said about the episode was going to be about, he said Arlene is my cousin. Oh my God. And he said, I had known that he had a cousin that was murdered. So she was aware but didn't realise. Didn't know who it was. Um, And she said he knew all of the details except he did not know how many times that wretched man had been arrested and convicted. So he wasn't aware that like this could have been prevented. prevented. Arlene could still be here. Arlene could be alive with us if they actually had stepped in and done something and helped people like. And she said that it made him very angry and he couldn't sleep. Oh I'm so sorry. Um she said he knew far more details but I'm not going to say them out because I don't. That's their person. Yeah. But she also said that his best friend was involved in like uh, when remember the guy got like ran out of the estate yes his best friend was like involved in it and I was like good man himself thank you so much for your message and I'm so sorry about your husband's loss and I'm very sorry if we made him angry or it brought up a lot of things I I just want to apologise if that because I know that that if it was me it would bring up things for me but I hope he does know that all of us are like our hearts are broken for Arlene and the Arkansans and how they were treated is beyond it's just so cruel. So cruel. So cruel. She said, please thank Emma for giving the case the attention it deserves. Oh, you're very welcome. As well as giving Arlene the respect she deserves. That she couldn't wait for part two, which is now up. Um, and I did respond and she said, thank you for responding. But I just, we quite often, Ireland's so small and tiny. Mm-hmm. Yep. That we quite often get messages when we cover cases where people are like, that was my auntie, that was my cousin, that yeah. was, you know. But, um what always makes me feel somewhat good about the things we do is when they're like I felt like you really respected them or you really paid the victim you know their due diligence and didn't but it's the reason that I don't put pictures of the murderers on our Instagram page because to be perfectly honest I don't want anybody to see them like we don't need 
to see them. No. You need to see the people that you need to think about, which is the poor people that experience these things. Um, and a, re- a relative of Priscilla Gahan, sorry. Uh, I'm not sure if it's Gahan or Gahan. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Uh, actually messaged me as well, just to say that they were related to Priscilla and that they were a wonderful, they are a wonderful person. So all of our love to Priscilla and all of the Arkansans, because even for them to be involved in the documentary of Badlands, I know how complicated and difficult that was for them as well. Um, the bravery that these people show, I don't know if I could do it. And I just find it commendable. And it's absolutely reprehensible what happened, not only to Arlene, but to her family. Yeah. Like, you would think that if a girl that young in your family was murdered, people would actively try to help you, not try and blame you on a baseless accusation from an anonymous tip. Yeah. Dig up your fucking garden for three days. Like, anyway, much love to that gentleman and, yeah. and his lovely wife. So, yeah. Um, Is that all you got? That's it, I think. That's oh, it. Also, as a recommendation, Sarah Jane and I were in Stony Batter today and we went to Slice, which is this gorgeous cafe in Stony Batter. But there was, there is a new, it's not new, but it's relatively new, a new comic book store besides Slice. Do you know what it's called? Yeah, I took pictures. I made a video on my TikTok Um, for anybody that wants to see it. It's called Little Deer Comics. Little Deer Comics. Let me tell you about Little Deer Comics. Little Deer Comics is phenomenal and I'm obsessed with it. Little Deer, if any of you have ever been to Desert Island Comics in Brooklyn in New York, it is basically Desert Island. It has all the books that Desert Island would have, all the kind of weird underground comic books, graphic novels, but also they sell um, art from independent artists, zines from independent artists. Um, they sell the most amazing stuff please please go patron them if you can because the guy was so lovely the person that served us was so lovely yeah no they were lovely the uh, shop was amazing so kind the shop is incredible oh my god I'm going to spend so much fucking money in this place like if you any of you guys like kind of the more uh, less like kind of Marvel DC stuff if you don't read that uh, if you like weird shit go there great great place yeah um, it made me laugh so their just... opening hours made me laugh oh no Tuesday through Tuesday evening close every other day <laughs> they close on Monday and they open 10 to 1 every day and then they don't open again until 3 to 5 oh yes I have lunch <laughs> two, two hours for lunch if I millennials Sarah and I talked about this on the Patreon. Two hours for lunch and then he closes Monday. He closes Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday at five o'clock. He stays open till seven on Thursday. Good man. Really putting in the hours. Good man. And then he's only open Saturday, 10.30 to four. And Sunday, 10.30 to four. I'm going to be outside knocking on the door. Give me the weird shit. Um, No, listen, we spoke about millennials and I think it right. Like he, he probably does an awful lot of online stuff. And I'd say he's completely by himself. He did seem to be completely Yeah, by I think himself. he does everything by himself. But if you can, give him a little uh, visit and buy some books because I got a gorgeous scene and I got a new Gilbert Hernandez book as well. So if you can, do. Great guy. Great yes. chop. Yeah. And Stony Batter is fully gentrified. Fully gentrified. The amount of hipsters in Stony Batter. Whew. Yeah. And Holy if you can, shit. go eat and slice the food. Slice fucking delicious. Oh my God, it's so um, good. But a man that worked there uh, crop dusted me today. Crop dusted. Fully crop dusted. Do people me. know what crop dusted means? And when you walk past someone, you do a fart. Yeah. He felt bad about it, but. You must have. Do you think he did? Because he was over with us. He was like, over like, hey. hey. Fully crop dusted me in the face. Because <laughs> I was sitting low and his arse was like right there. He just like, Rock. Imagine you woke up tomorrow, pink eye. Imagine. We won't be able to tell any difference. Like, Sorry. Emma's been crying again. <laughs> oh, here she is again. I'm crying again. The colon accused me of crying one day and it was just one eye watering and I was like, I can't just cry out of one eye column. What are you crying for? I'm not I, crying. When I cry, I just say I'm crying. I cry 
probably sometimes watching the telly. Bake Off. Oh, Bake Off has me gone. Junior Bake Off. Me and Lily are oh, I need to get into Junior this. Bake Off. Love it, right? I need to get into this. So traumatic. Are they really stressed out? Because no, it's not working not, for them. They're not actually. They're like some of these kids are so resilient, and some of them are Amazing. better than the adults. Yes, well, I believe it. Some of them have little teddies. And they like then when they're being booted off, they have the teddy in their hand and they're like crying. I'm like, how do you boot a child off a bakery competition? What do they say? Cannot. It's your ha- shits. Um, Harry Harry Hill. Harry Hill. He doesn't. He's so funny. I love he's Harry Hill. He's so funny. I, I love, love Harry, Harry Hill. Hill so much. Um, this week's episode was like the chocolate episode, and he was like, not this week's. I'm watching old episodes that recorded, but me and Lily love it, and all the kids help each other. And but the age difference really bothers me. In what way? What does that mean? Some of the kids are very young and they're all in the same competition. Some of them are like 15, 16. And I'm just like, you're like, the youngest baker on yesterday's episode that I watched was 10, was 9. Oh my God, they're so, how do they deal with and this? And the oldest one was like 15. And I was like, that oh, yeah, is no, that's such a okay. massive that's age difference. Okay. You imagine Lily going on that. This girl, her name is Tilly. She broke my heart. I literally, like me and Lily are so Did invested. I'm not sure if she's left yet, but she had like a, an, like she, her first, her technical, so they only do two challenges. There's a technical and then the showstopper. Um, and her technical went so bad. And I just thought she was so great because she was like, you just, she just kept saying to her, you just need to keep going, Tilly. You just need to keep going. Like in her, like talking to, to herself. herself. And I was like, what an amazing little kid. But there's so many of them. The kids on this, sh- like I said to Lily, Lily, like God love her. I was like, you can make toast. This kid. No. And she was like, what? And she was like, I can make scrambled egg. I was like, in the microwave. <laughs> this is not very nice things to be saying to your daughter. Bad parenting. Everybody write in if you think Sarah's a bad parent. We're the most Irish podcast at gmail.com. Um, great parent. Just put the title, bad parent. <laughs> things are about to get sexy. <laughs> you know what I've been crying about? What? First dates. I don't I'm that. obsessed with first dates. I don't watch that show. So what I do is I skip any of the first dates where the two people are really attractive because they're boring. So they're just like, here's the hot and here's the hot. I'm like, whatever, I don't care. And then do you I go watch, to gym? Oh, How much care. protein I do you eat? I do not care about hot people. Get away from me. So, but I watch the the old people. Isn't there a whole show dedicated to the old people? I can't do it. They're like, my husband died four years ago and I haven't loved to see. I can't. They break my heart. Or like the old people or like people who... um like lost somebody like had a loss like oh uh, yeah oh and then when they get when well, they're like i want to see you get up like oh yeah like having a full burn nervous breakdown and you know me i'm not a romantic person yeah. like i don't get involved in that sort of stuff but like it kills me but She's then when, getting the, when, lonely. when the really hot people are like it's because you're in your mouth by yourself really yeah. yeah fully addicted to first days my mother was like why is it on the television again listen kathleen <laughs> i'm be drawing i am one. going through it right now <laughs> and i need to just watch first dates con- on repeat consistently yeah and i like fred and then I found out that all the staff are actors and I feel so good about that. Are they? Yeah. I was like, but then that makes sense. Obviously they're actors, but I was just like... Oh. I like Fred a lot. He had a really hard time in that like um, fucking Australian show. I'm a celebrity, get me out here. Oh, apparently people didn't like him very much. I heard that. But I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I didn't watch that. So. There's one girl on it. My mum loves that show. quite mean to him. Well, he's a man. He served it. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, first, first dates is, is... Irish first dates is great as well. One of Colin's friends was yeah, on that. Yeah, and he was really good. And they edited it weirdly because he told us exactly what happened on that. And then they didn't show any of the stuff that he talked about. And then when they, when he said no to the date, it kind of made him look bad. But then he told me the stuff that she said. And I was like, oh, oh. I would have said no to. Oh, okay. I would have said no to her too. See, I'm such an 
arrogant narcissist mm-hmm. that if I went on that show, yeah, I would say yes to everything on the show, and then when it was over, I'd be like, I'm not going on a date with you. People do that. Oh yeah, definitely. People definitely say because then you, they do I that. I would be a bad person. They do the do you know who else would do that? Who? The fella sitting next door in his house. I could never do that show. I'd Colin Foy would be like, "Yeah, no, go with me." I just presume everybody dislikes me. So if I went no, on there, they like they just dislike me. And I'm the opposite. I'm like everybody loves me. <laughs> everybody. everybody hates me. Everybody yeah. hates me. Why we balance each other? That's true. It's a good. Um, it's a good. Mixture. I am trying to live by that like it doesn't matter if people don't like you sentiment. that's a very hard sentiment to grasp and to get hold of especially for people pleasers like I, I know I can be a people pleaser yeah. so I find it very difficult when people don't, don't like, like me. me and it's I want to know why what yeah, I yeah. did I'm like what did I do yeah. did I say something incorrect or offend somebody and people are like what do you care and I'm like I, don't, I do care I do care I don't want to hurt I don't want to hurt anybody like I, if I said something I want to know what I said so I can apologise mm. but usually it's not usually it's just somebody doesn't like you and that's True. okay hey guys that's okay hey guys it's that's okay. okay what were we doing again uh, live show live show uh, so this episode is our show from the beautiful city of Cork with the lovely people of Cork what's where did we play the Coco Comedy Club in Cork which is a great venue if you're ever looking to put on something give and the them staff a shout. were lovely fucking sweetest people on the earth and the bar under, underneath is gorgeous gorgeous so pretty um, they were lovely we had a great time um, and we hope you enjoy we had a lot of fun we did have a lot we of fun we had the best crack we did and because uh, is this going out for like live real life time show oh I don't know is this going out <laughs> this is a podcast is that what you mean is this the real life time show yeah it is <laughs> guys I'm a kidney this disease this is the real life you can say that's not for everything you can't just work it's something with your car I have a full-blown kidney disease that whatever happened out there is nothing to do with me um, I have a kidney disease and it really affects me the real life this is the real lifetime show so if you I call this episode the real lifetime show if this this yeah. is uh, this is our show from Cork. We had a fucking blast. Everybody was so lovely, um, and we had so much fun. And you did a great. I did nothing for that show because I have a kidney disease. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> and, um, you did a great job. Ah, and Collins danced at the beginning. Collins great. He wasn't a geisha. No, he wasn't. But yeah, he, he had a great time. We all had the best time. And um, everybody, just thanks to everybody that actually came as well. Yeah. We fucking appreciate it so much. We do. And to everybody we talked to afterwards lovely people yeah. really really nice people that came from like England and stuff and yes. Scotland thank you very much people who got hotels thank you very yeah. much um, and to everybody that's bought tickets for the show yes thank you fucking and hell. that is staying over yeah. travelling like you guys are amazing thank you I hope this gives anybody that's like maybe thinking about coming or like oh what's it like or I yeah. don't know but yeah we really hope anybody that's going to listen to this that's coming to the live show we can't wait to see you anybody that's listening to this that thinks do you know what I'll get a ticket and it'll be fun thanks very much yep. and anybody that just listens and doesn't buy any tickets to the live show thank you thanks for listening you're on our list you're on our list of people <laughs> that we need to get rid of we in don't 2024 like. <laughs> but yeah oh happy new year happy I know we have this stuff for January anyway happy new year again Yeah. and uh, we'll see you next week have a good night bye <laughs> Trigger trigger warning. I apologize. Coming February 28th to Liberty Hall, Dublin, Aitkid Promotion presents a true crime podcasting experience like no other. It's Murder Most Irish Live! <laughs> Join Emma, Sarah Jane and Colin for a show that's crude. That's the strangest thing you've ever eaten. She's like, my ma's shit. Yeah! <laughs> Lewd. Wax or shave 
Shame. Hold on. Oh. Your arsehole. Rude. That's my son. That's my son, and he didn't know you were an arse. And quite possibly nude. You're plowing those fields, baby, and I'm driving the Rolls Royce. Like, that's what's happening. And then you're plowing me a night notice. (laughs) Murder Most Irish live at Liberty Hall. Tickets available from (laughs) Ticketmaster.ie. Good night, everybody! You all know the words. Emma doesn't wear a bra. Emma never met her dad. Emma, she wears a lovely dress. Emma, she's a neurotic mess. Sarah, standing over there. Sarah, with her He-Man hair. Sarah, can't say her second name. Sarah, just call her Sarah Jane. Fuck men, they're too angry chicks. Fuck men, and they don't need dicks. Fuck men, cause they have a plan. Fuck men, castrate every man. Let's go! Been a long time coming, folks. We are so fucking happy to be down in Cork and we're so fucking proud that all you MMI fans have come to fucking sell out this shit here tonight. So without further ado, the two people you're here to see, please give it up for Emma and Sarah I wanted to give you a long walk up. You look like you're going to Shannos in about three seconds. <laughs> Why yeah. do, people, do lads in Cork be like doing Shannos oh, dressed in suits like this? Absolutely. Hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> thank you all so much for coming. Honestly, we really fucking appreciate it. It's mad. Um, and thank you for taking time out of your day to come down here. Just, it's nonsense. Nonsense. Like, <laughs> is everybody from Cork? No. Uh, I love Cork. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not actually trying to placate anybody. I fucking love Cork. My sister lives in Cork, so I'm always down here, and it's like the best town to go out in. I think. Yeah, it really is. It There's really, so really much. Is. I said to Vonnie earlier on, she was like, "We'll go to Oliver Punkett Street." I was like, "I've only been there when I was drunk." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never been there when I've been sober. No, it's a lovely, lovely place. We're so. I'm very nervous. So we're. Ugh. Yeah. No. Thank you Woo! so much, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Um, I know this is like our third show, so we're like seasoned pros, yeah. right? <laughs> Fuck no. No, we're not at all. We don't know what's going on. I had six shits today. (laughs) Right? Like, absolutely. was like, "Uh, I'm really nervous again. No, terrified. Absolutely terrified. Uh, But honestly, thank you so, so much for coming. And we hope you like it and you enjoy it. That's the most important thing. uh, Colin, thanks so much for your new intro. It's a new intro, yes. (laughs) And the idea was, I was like, we're in a sexy, intimate room. So what's the sexiest, intimate song? It's that fucking song from the gay priests on Tropic Thunder. Absolutely. Do you remember that song when you were a kid? Yeah, that was Because I, I didn't know what sex was, but I remember being like, this song is... Go- there's something going <laughs> something's on. Something's going on, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't think... Th- I think people are doing things to this. Like, well, we were talking earlier about um, watching movies that we shouldn't have been watching when we were kids. kids. And I was telling Sarah Jane there was a shop down the road in my village, and they <laughs> sold videos 
So I think, Yvonne, were you with me? I can't remember. I think it might have been Yvonne. We went down and we tried to rent Bodyguard. And the person behind the till was like, no, you're not old enough. And the two of us were just like, oh, Jesus Christ. So we kind of just walked around the shop pretending to look for like younger videos. I'm like, okay, see ya. So I was in Bally Kermit and we went into a video shop and they were like, what you want? <laughs> oh, the, the blue's in the back. The blue The blue's in the back. That's no problem. Um, but yeah, there's not even sex scene in the bodyguard. Is there? Is there, is there a sex scene, scene in the bodyguard? bodyguard? What kind of? Kind of. No, he just cuts the sheet with a blade. What? Yeah, he has a sword, she has a scarf. Is this the bodyguard? Yes! And then he like, she like pulls him in. Well, does he do something over the sheet? I don't know, does he? <laughs> you tell me. Did you make that up? <laughs> I'm actually going to have to rewatch it because I can't remember. I do know that when we were really young, we were living with my grandmother and we were watching, my set with Stephanie, me and Yvonne, we were watching um, Dirty Dancing. And she was in bed because she was like fucking 105. So she came into the, we were in the kitchen watching it and she came in and she goes, my mother's name is Kathleen. She was like, Kathleen, they're watching filth. And we were like trying to get the video out as quickly as we possibly could. Because that does have a sex scene, right? That has a sex scene. And it's like, I remember watching that and the guy was like, she needs an abortion. Yeah, like, but I didn't know what that and was. I was like, oh, that sounds serious. I, she was, I thought she thought she was sick. And then I was like, she's real sick. Yeah, she's real sick. The abortion was botched. Yeah, like, I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, okay. Upon I like the first, bit when they dance. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> upon first watch, I didn't understand what was going on in that movie. And then when you get older, you're like, oh, this oh, is dark. Yeah, no, there's so many movies. And she was like game. 15. Yes. He was 46 or something. Was, oh, was and, and he could not walk in those shoes no, for he the could entire not movie. <laughs> like, Patrick says he walks like this and the entire... <laughs> <laughs> like, and people were like, he's so sexy. So sexy. But also, I didn't understand that like older, the older ladies were paying him for sex at the start of the oh, film. Oh, fuck yeah. Well. yeah I didn't understand that any of that. He was a gigolo. Was. Is that okay Is to that say? Is that okay to say? I don't know. <laughs> We've said it. It's done. Oh, you are late. Get out. Get in. <laughs> Hello. I think it's okay because Buffalo Stance was on the radio the other day. You that the guy's a gigolo, oh, man. Yeah. I know, on. but a lot of things were said in the early 90s that shouldn't like be said now. Yeah, but it was on 98 true. FM, so maybe they need to be taken to task. <laughs> Get Nina Cherry off the radio. <laughs> Remember her brother, Eagle Eye? We were mad about him for about two years, weren't we? He was the shit for about two I years. Love one song. He's, oh, he's a couple of bops. Because you hang around with Colin. Yeah, that's true. We went to see Eagle Colin. Eye Cherry. definitely has all of Eagle Eye Cherry's back back Anytime Anytime someone mentions like a artist, a band, even if they had one song, my husband goes, Bitch, Colin has all their albums. <laughs> and he does. He does. He absolutely On does. On CD and vinyl. And vinyl and yeah. I think my most stupid one that I have is, you remember the crowd that sang Breakfast at Tiffany? Oh my God, he has their entire back catalog. Their entire, I can tell you all their songs. because he, he went, Colin goes through phases of music. So he'll have like a Cure phase, a Prince phase. And then one time he just had a break. What's the name of that band? Oh, fuck no. For- that band was called. What was the name of that band? I can't remember, but you had a full phase where you I went think- to the music shop in Maynooth and bought all their albums. I only know one like, song. And I said, they had, yeah. a, Breakfast good, they had a couple so. of good songs. No, I keep on thinking yeah. Sixpence, None the Richer. No, but that that's wasn't them. <laughs> If anybody knows, shout it up. <laughs> Do you know? Oh, Deep you know? blue motherfucking oh. something. There yeah. we go. There yeah. we go. Hold on. Are you straight? Are you he, straight, man? Sorry. He yeah. didn't buy a ticket. <laughs> he didn't buy a 
Pink Floyd all the time. Yeah, gonna Imagine you were like, can you name two songs? <laughs> <laughs> Do you even know that band? Emma's in, Emma does be in having a big fucking nervous breakdown in, in the room, but all she can hear coming through the walls is. Do, do, do. <laughs> hold on, hold on, get it. Uh, do, yeah. do, do. Yes! <laughs> do you have notes? I do have notes. Sarah has notes. I always she have notes. notes. Um, yeah. So, should we do some housekeeping? Oh, oh he's going to play housekeeping on the Timbo Circle. Yeah. <laughs> from home and he was upstairs and we were in the kitchen and I was like that man is full blown listening to Colin playing two limited on the fucking <laughs> trying to speak to people in China being like hello oh, sorry Barry yeah no we're really sorry Barry sorry, and then Barry. I, and then you went to me did you bring the horse mask <laughs> I was like what is our lives <laughs> what notes do you have um, so first and foremost I know we've said it but thank you to all who have come and thank you to all who have travelled yes we met some people that came from, from London, London this right. thank you so much honestly right and then also there's people here who have come to two shows yeah and we commend your ability thank to you. absorb a massive amount of shit yeah <laughs> like honest to god like, like thank this you so much me, honestly we love you and thank you so mm-hmm. much um a massive shout out to the merch table go on so That's my sister. Yeah. Anna, if she doesn't sell any merch, we'll never use her again. Out the door. Um, <laughs> I told her to take her top off, but she wouldn't. So yeah, I failed. Packing. <laughs> like, sorry, Bonnie. <laughs> Just sorry, Bonnie. Sorry, <laughs> I'll stay in the hotel tonight. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just thank you so much to Yvonne and then to whoever has bought merch. We thank really, really, much. really appreciate it. And thank you to Craig on the door. He did and a wonderful job. He took it very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Which I knew he would. You're <laughs> not getting in. <laughs> he kept going like this. Do you have tickets? Do you have a ticket? <laughs> like it was immediately contemptuous. It do you have like, hey, hey, hey. Do you have a ticket? He just was like, do you have a ticket? <laughs> And then that poor guy who didn't have a ticket, he was like, sorry, like, I, we can't take any money. I don't know what you want me to do. Like, you need to go. <laughs> like, it's sold out. <laughs> like, thank you, Craigie. Um, thank you. So thank you so much to Craig. Thanks to Yvonne. Um, and then as normal, thanks to Colin for... Hey, I, feel like, I feel like I didn't have to do as much uh, today because they're wonderful people thank here. You. Yes. Yes. Thank you. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. On the ball. On the ball, lads. Yeah. Thank Dave walked in today and he was like, we were like, oh, hi. And he was like, eh, can't talk. I'm listening to some hardcore fucking hip hop over here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get big you on my ears before I talk to you. <laughs> my favourite thing is that that man is just you. He's you. He's Colin has met his actual doppelganger. Yeah. Like, it's I, came, I came upstairs and I was like, um, I was like, do you need us? And I was like, people are starting to come. And he was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, um, okay. And he was like, I've, I was like, you've got like 20 minutes. I thought you were going to say like 10 minutes and it was going to be real stressful. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Um, but so yeah, and then just as normal, let's talk about what's in the news, yeah. right? That's what me and Emma normally do when we're sitting in our bedroom. Let's exactly talk about like what this. we usually do is like talk about celebrities and then think we're yeah. too good to yeah. talk about celebrities. That's we're what like, we always do. Yeah. Fucking celebrities. Fucking celebrities. Then we just talk about them for yeah. forty-five we're minutes. We're like fuck the Daily Mail. Yeah. We are. We the are Daily the Daily Mail. Mail. Yeah. Like, the Daily Mail is us. So. I know it's going to immediately bring the mood down, but we do want to talk about Palestine. Yes, we do. Oh, yes! Free Palestine! Exactly. Um, But Emma's not allowed to talk about Mark Maron. Because the last three episodes of the Patreon have begun with Emma going, Mark Maron won't talk about genocide in Palestine! Here is the thing. I just find it very difficult to uh, listen to podcasts and people. People who have platforms and who say their platforms are for something and then actively ignore a genocide happening. That's my problem. It's like you can't pick and choose your oppression. You can't do that. You can't be like, well, I care about Black Lives Matter, but I don't care about the genocide of Palestinian people. Like, that's not how it works. Yeah, it really is. So I have parasocial relationship with Mark she Maron. She has got a parasocial relationship. He doesn't know I exist, and I'm very angry at him. So that's how it's working at the moment. And, and Taika. And Taika. Taika's not my husband anymore. We've divorced. She's divorced. So it's over. It's, it's done. It's over. It's over. It's done. He's consent your condolences in the <laughs> Um... But can she's right. Use, can we still use that song, though? Because that's a banger. Yeah, that's a song. I might let my TV go down <laughs> no, on me. Not anymore. Done. We're over. It's finished. Um, it's finished. But yeah, and I think me and Emma just, we are on the Go Loud Network, and no one on the Go Loud Network has spoken about it. But we will speak about it, and we will continue to use our platform to speak about the fact that there is a genocide happening in yep. front of our eyes. And I know that it's hard to fathom that and then come here and laugh, but... Keep sharing it on profile on your platforms. Keep talking about it. Do not let it go away. I know fatigue has kicked in and it's hard to watch it every day, but please keep talking about it. Yeah. Please keep sharing it. Yeah, because governments may not be listening, but they will if we keep doing what we are doing. And if you look at the approval ratings in America for their current fucking shitty president, it's working. Yeah, it is working. So, and like my mom, my mom lives in Longford. I'm from Longford, obviously. And my mom lives in Longford, and I've been down with her because she's ill at the moment. And she listens to a radio station called Shannon Side Northern Sound, which is basically people ringing up and complaining about cow shite in the road for like four hours. <laughs> but they're like the way they are presenting what's happening in Palestine is absolutely fucking insane. So I've had to say to her, you know, this is not actually what's happening. Because it's very easy for them to make that judgment on Israel and say, oh, the, but the hostages, but the hostages. And I'm like, this has been going on for 75 years. Yeah, it's this a really not... nuanced... October like... 7th is a date, is one date in, in 75 history. years. So, yeah. yeah, so I've tried to be like, just listen to the death notices and turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> Although the cowshite bit's interesting. It is interesting. Like... I listened to a 45-minute argument about the fact that there are only, um, you know, those little carts on the trains? There's o- they're only on the Cork trains and people in Sligo. Fucking <laughs> losing it. And then not only that, when they told the carts might come back, they were told they're not taking cash. Whole other argument <laughs> for about three seconds. So yeah, so it is it is. Are they thing. only on the cork trains? They're only on the cork trains. They're not on any oh, other trains. Oh so you is- fancy cunts. <laughs> Our court, we were on the court train today and the guy was so nice. Yeah, I was like, he was, lovely. Yeah. he was lovely. Oh no, there were two bins in, in our seats. Oh my God. Yeah, that's not the only thing that happened on the fucking train today. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is with middle-aged women? Taking I'm the a middle-aged woman. No, these, so we booked seats on the train. Well, Emma did. I didn't do anything. I just sent her the money. And we like booked them and she put her names on. And then before we got on the train, this must happen all the time. I don't ever get the train. Colin goes, if there's anybody in our seats, Sarah, you'll say something, won't you? And I was like, yeah, okay. Fully depending on Sarah. Anyway, I 
was miles behind Colin. He got on before me, and then he started to interact with these two old women sitting in our seats. And um, and he was like, uh, I think those seats are ours. Our names, by the way, our names were literally yeah, written. And she went like, to Colin, oh, yeah, no, it's funny. Well, I saw the names up there, and they're not ours. <laughs> I thought that was a bit strange. I like, thought that was a bit strange, all like, right. Yeah, so get the fuck up. But the funniest part was Colin was, like, looking at their tickets, and I said... Colin, Colin's looking at those tickets, but he's not seeing those tickets. Like I was saying earlier, I was like, it was like, I was like, he's not looking, and because he was like, no, the tickets are correct. The tickets. So we went and sat down the back. This is so boring. I'm sorry. We went and sat down somewhere else, and then the ticket lady came, and Sarah was like, here, come here, and the girl. She went down and checked, and they were like, oh yeah, they're the correct seats, but the wrong date, like the wrong train. And I was like, this motherfucker did not look. He was like. For 10 for like minutes. like five minutes. And I was like, what were you looking at? And for 10 minutes, when we got to AC, he's yeah. like, they were right, they were no, right. No, they were right. The tickets are double booked, they're double booked, they're double booked. I did look, I did look. No, he did not. And then when the conductor came, she was like, oh, they're further away. I was like, are they moving? <laughs> they did move. Now, and it was all okay. But what it was, the reason why, we're not just going around kicking old women out. No, we're not, that that. we're not we're doing that. We're not doing that. that. We're not doing that. Maybe last Christmas, myself and Craig were on the way down with a packed fucking Sligo train. And these four women were just sitting in the four seats, but had also commandeered to the four seats across for all of their fucking presents and the top racks. And we were like, eh, these are our seats. And they were like, fuck off! Because they were, they were fucking, they had a big bop They were hammered. They were fucking hammered. And they kept on like pushing in past everybody to get into the toilet to fill up their drinks. And they were like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I do kind of love them. Though. I do, I do kind of love them. Absolutely fabulous thing I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, no, I do kind of love like them. Like the, the love show, them. absolutely fabulous. Are the fucking yeah, 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 yeah. But by God, I swear to God, Craig was in taking a, a shit and one of them knocked on the door, and Craig was like, "Would you fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> Are you having enough of this?" <laughs> Craig, I know that didn't happen. Oh, no, Craig, I... <laughs> He's absolutely lying. That did not happen. Craig does not shit on trains. That is a disclaimer. The funniest side about Craig peeing places, right? We will go to the we will go to the fucking uh, three arena, right? And Craig, like dressed up like fucking Elton John, would be in the middle of all these metlers, waiting to have a pee in the fucking stalls because he's like, they'll all be looking at me, dick. <laughs> and like, fair enough, chicken. I don't think it's that kind of a party. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. Craig, we're sorry. sorry. We're sorry. Whenever Colin tells stories about Craig, he goes, "That's personal." <laughs> um, I so want to tell the hair story so bad, but no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell it, Craig. Okay, go um, on. If you want to hear the hair story, six euro for the next No fucking rules. Um, and then my this really sad news is very tragic. Ben Dunn is dead. Like, what a man. He was kidnapped by the IRA and then his family refused to pay his ransom. I feel like my family might do that. Oh, fuck me. Yvonne would pay it, I think. My family would be like, ah, fuck her. Becky would be like, listen, My family would be like, we don't have any money. She has it all. (laughs) She actually supports all of us. (laughs) Fucking layabouts. He was in his 70s. He died in Dubai. Um, but yeah, like I just think, did anybody see the tweet? So like, what's her name? Put Mary, up, Lou. Mary Lou put up like our condolences with Ben Dent done, and then someone put below, didn't you kidnap him? <laughs> like, didn't you kidnap him? 
like, equal the amount of people that were writing that below our tweet. It's the best story. I have to work with Duns in my current role, and whenever I get to meet the Duns family who are fucking insane, yeah. every single one of them are nuts. Is I'm anybody like, related to the Duns? I couldn't give a fuck if you are. Okay. <laughs> I know them I all. Can, I, can. I know them all personally. I'd be like, do you remember when Ben was kidnapped? And you all just said fuck. <laughs> Ross, Ross, Ross. And the reason was, oh, if we do that for him, we're gonna have to do it all the time. <laughs> He's your fucking son. He was your uncle or something. Yeah. I don't understand the full story of the Ben Dunn situation, but. What's gas? Did you do that on the podcast? I can't remember. I told a bit of it on the podcast. Ah, okay. But yeah, I yeah. had dinner with Ben Dunn once. Really? Yeah. And he was like, uh, he was like, they were lad, they were great lads. Oh no! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like. I do like Duns, right. you know. Do you? I love Savita. This is so boring, I'm sorry. But Savita is really Savita dress. Like, I love Savita. It's really good. And their homewares is really nice. This is an ad for Duns. <laughs> the whole thing is an ad for Duns. <laughs> yeah, they sponsored us tonight. <laughs> oh, oh, and also, my nice new shoes are my nice new shoes. Oh, it's my nice from Duns. Because yeah. I am lucky enough to be Honestly, able to fit into a women's size. Honestly, I'm just saying, they probably don't need any more fucking money. They don't need any more money. They have enough money out there. Um, so, last thing is, shout out to my best pal in the whole world. Um, so, as you all know, we've moaned m- multiple times about the fact that I have not been well. And, like, I haven't done anything for this show, as you can tell. <laughs> I wrote the notes in your sister's fucking kitchen 20 minutes ago. <laughs> like, but you did more than I did. I yeah. just didn't write um, notes. But, yeah, no, I just want to say a big thank you to my pal, because I have done nothing except... <laughs> Lie on my sofa. I'm also real sorry because I know this story is a downer. Um, and then, last and foremost, uh, we are selling our tickets to Liberty Hall and Ticketmaster, and we're really sorry about it. No. Like, also, Sarah has written here Sarah SJ Jane, is alive. She is alive. Yeah. There was people I, on the Facebook being like, SJ's not coming to the show. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. I was going to do like. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, we were on the train. She said, Someone's such a mess to me saying, You're not coming to the show. I was like, Where? And I literally was like, is Claire here? Is that you? I, <laughs> I was literally like, fuck Claire. <laughs> I am coming to the fucking show. No, I was concerned about Claire. I was like, no, I have to get back to her straight away. <laughs> tell her that that's not true. And then, <laughs> and then like 20 minutes later, I was like, oh, I wrote below the post saying. I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> she did. <laughs> like, I, I was going to fold on like, like weekend of Bernie's yeah. coming in. And like, <laughs> put sunglasses on and drag it's in. Like, yeah. Anyway, but thank you all very much. And yes. uh, will we do our story? Let's do it. Yeah. I like we did two shows before, and I was saying like there's no point in um, giving trigger warnings because you can't leave. Well, you can leave, but like I mean, you're here, so you're paid for it. But um, I don't know. Should I? Should I? Should I? That guy didn't pay. He can leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's dead, it's dead. <laughs> I can't be mean for very long. Don't be mean to him. Bye, Colin. Bye. Have you broke the seal? I have broke yeah, the seal. Yeah, broke the seal. That's all wrong with him. Like, um, so my case tonight 
is about actually a girl from Cork. I'm hopefully none of you are related to her, and I apologise if you are. Her name is Deirdre Mulcahy. Okay. We're in the clear. Um, and I got my information from the Sunday Independent, the Sunday World, the Cork Echo. Echo! You know that guy? Yeah. I love him. My mother is obsessed with that man. What guy? The guy. Corner and he screams, Echo! Where? Um, I don't know if he's still there, is he? Yeah. Yeah, they like sell Yeah, sell the newspaper. Oh, amazing. I love him. Um, and then from the wonderful Men's Raya podcast, Sinead, who is amazing, who does fucking phenomenal work. Um, and it's, it's just, there's mentions of sexual assault in this, obviously, and murder, because, you know. Um, but just, you know, if that's uncomfortable or whatever, go to the bar. I don't know. Yeah, I can't no, help you, lads. Yeah. I don't you, know what you. You can leave if you want. Yeah, don't, don't. She'll shout at you if you do, though. She will, like, just FYI. The first show, someone got up to go to the toilet. There was, like, a toilet at the side of the stage, which was also the exit. And I was like, where the fuck are you going? <laughs> And they were like, I'm just going to the toilet. I was like, you better come back. <laughs> and they did. They did. And they did. So it's all okay. Um, so as I said, my case tonight is about Deirdre Mulcahy, who lived in Middleton. Um, just to ask, is Middleton in East Cork? Yeah. Okay, that's right. Okay. It's really pretty. It's beautiful. And Cork all the poor man. people have just got affected by the floods. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. I hope awful. it's absolutely horrible. Um, so, um, also, I just want to say, my absolute favourite thing about Cork is I always say this to my sister. I feel if there was an apocalypse... You guys would absolutely survive because it's the only county I know in Ireland that is so aware. Like it's cork jam, cork butter, cork bread. Like you have everything. Whenever I'm getting yeah, whenever cork I'm getting food in my sister's house, they're like, "That's cork from or jam from Cork," and I'm like, "He said fucking fully survive a rampant apocalypse." In this, I don't in this know we'd be dead. Dead in sec- we'd all just eat and each other. Like, like in honestly, seconds. within like two days, yeah, the place will be what you would get me. Yeah, uh, the place yeah. will be wiped out like fully. Yeah. Anyway, apologies. Okay, so I'm going to start this case. So September 14th, 1989, as a heavy rain soaked Middleton in East County Cork, a man set about his daily routine of walking to work. He took his usual shortcut through a muddy lane beside a footbridge on the Onacara River. Cool. Happy days. Look at you! I just want to make sure I don't pronounce something incorrectly. The rain was heavier now, and as he walked, the ground became sloppy and uneven. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm in the background reading your face. It was now 7 a.m., and he was hurrying, trying to get out of the rain and trying to get to work without slipping and falling. To his left, he noticed something, and he realized it was a woman. Her body was drenched and muddy, her face bruised and covered in what little blood the rainfall hadn't washed away. She wore a t-shirt, but she was naked down from the waist. The man knew immediately that she was dead. Through his shock and fear, the man ran to the nearest phone he could find and called the guardie to tell them what he had found. Whenever I do these cases, especially ones from the 80s, I'm like, why don't you just call on this mobile phone? And then I'm like, yeah, that's it's a crazy. stupid bitch, it's 1989, there are yeah. no mobile phones. Um, so we only used the payphone down the road to call Childline. We used to, <laughs> we used to, we used to do um, prank phone calls all yeah, the time. Call Childline and at then least once a week. One time, one time we did a prank phone call and we were like, oh, prank phone call, and then they rang back to the phone. <laughs> I was like, hello. And he was like, why did you keep ringing me? I was like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, uh, it was, it was your mom, wasn't it? Was, it? No, it was <laughs> Me and my friend Kerry kept doing it. Um, so on September 13th, which was the day before, 19-year-old Deirdre Mulcahy got ready for a night out with her friend. Deirdre, who was the youngest of six siblings, was heading into Middleton to go dancing. As she was the baby of the family, her father doted on her. She was the only one that still lived at home as her siblings had migrated, sorry, emigrated or moved out of the family. <laughs> migrated. They ain't they birds. Eat? They're birds. <laughs> um, or moved out of the They migrated to Canada. 
I have had like six drinks. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Emigrated or moved out of the family home. Deirdre had attended a local convent school. She had very good friends and she was known as a quiet um, girl, but somebody who was also very kind and very funny. Deirdre's relationship with her father, William, was exceptionally close as her mother had passed away when she was younger. So I think her mother passed away when she was 14 years old. Mm. So her poor family. So Deirdre finished school at 17. And when she was 18, she spent some months in France as an au pair. She also spent three months in the United States with her sister just before she turned 19. The au pair thing's a total gyp. I don't know how people do that. It's a total Has gyp. anybody ever been an au pair? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Did you like it? No. <laughs> I thought it's it a much. fucking gyp. It's hard, like, man. I used to work for a woman that had no pair and it was literally just like a living slave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in their Because they're like, visa and everything is usually determined by you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. No, it, it's tough. Anything anyway, to do with looking after the au pairs, plus kids are shit. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Apologies to your children, but you know. Um, bah, 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 where was our. Oh, yeah. So on September 12th, Deirdre, who had only been back in Ireland for two weeks from her travels, learned that she had received a place in a technical college in Cork and her night out was to celebrate. The next morning, when her father went into her room, Deirdre wasn't there. He panicked. This was not like his daughter. She had always come home. He got into his car and drove around the town trying to find her. He spoke to her friend and she said that she went home and they hadn't seen her since. Deirdre's father called the Gardaí to tell them he believed his daughter was missing. So only a few hours later, the Gardaí would call him back. They had found Deirdre and her father's worst nightmare had come true. The Gardaí launched a murder investigation immediately. Superintendent Morris Murray, what a great name. Yeah, that is good. Head of the investigation, and during an interview with the press, he asked that anyone with information on Deirdre's movements on the 14th to please, please come forward. He also said that although this has been treated as a murder case, there was still no clear motive. So Dr. John Harbison was called to Cork from oh, Dublin. We haven't heard of Harbison in a no, while. Oh, he hasn't been in a while. It's the 80s now, so yeah, he yeah. is. Um, so he was called from to Cork from Dublin to carry out the post-mortem on Deirdre's body. As forensic experts carried out examinations on the scene, Dr. Harbison conducted the autopsy. He found that Deirdre had been severely beaten by a blunt object and had suffered extensive horrific injuries to her head. If anybody downstairs is listening to this, they're like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Somebody was like, what do you do? And I was like, don't ask. Don't oh yeah, ask someone, went, like, someone was like, what do you do? And we're like, don't it's, ask. it's a comedy <laughs> thing. <laughs> Kind of. She was like, no. And then Craig loved being like, it's a ticketed event. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so damn crazy. <laughs> um, it was also believed that she'd been a victim of a sexual assault, and Dr. Harbison was to carry out further testing to determine the validity of this. The small town of Middleton was left reeling from Deirdre's murder. As her family grieved, so did the people of Cork. The disbelief that this could have happened and that her body was found in such a wide open public space was almost too much to bear for some. Turn on the page, turn on the page. Okay, here we go. Well done. Yeah, that was very good. Thank you. There was also a fear that this could happen again to another young woman and the Gardaí began arduously trying to find out who had taken Deirdre Mulcahy's life. Extensive door-to-door investigations were carried out. I say that in every single fucking I don't think the guards do. do anything extensively. Oh, I'm sorry if the door. Any guards? Here. I take it back. <gasps> ah! <laughs> we love you. Are you, are you a mole? <laughs> are you don't, an arc? Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't tell the Don's family. I spoke about them. 
Um, so they went door to door and they were like, what's going on? In the hopes of piercing together Deirdre's final movements. Lagardi spoke to Deirdre's friend Anya, who told them that she and Deirdre had planned to meet at the pub at 9pm on the night of Wednesday the 13th. And when Anya arrived at the pub, Deirdre never showed up. She just went home, which is what happened in the 80s. I'm like, it happened when we were kids. If someone yeah, didn't, know. like, I meet you in the park, they didn't turn up, you're yeah, like, I'm going home. Going home. They could be dead. I don't know. I'm going home. Like, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? So like, Gareth O'Toole used to constantly leave constantly. Bar. That's my ex-boyfriend. Like, yeah. She hates him. It's <laughs> FYI. Um, <laughs> He'd be like, I'll meet you at half one in Tampa Bar. I'd get up, get ready, and then Just I'd one turn up. Like, that's stupid, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then when you started going out with him, I was like, well, fuck's sake. <laughs> He's dead to me. Um, but yeah, like, it is that thing where you, there was, I know there was panic, but even now, if it was now, you'd be so, so much easier to be like, where are you? But that's what you see, like, how often on a fucking Saturday mon- morning do you see people putting up, oh, my kid's missing, mm. yeah. on Facebook and Instagram. And, and then, two like, hours later, two hours like, later they came like, home. Uh, the family wants uh, privacy. <laughs> 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 he, he's found safe and well, the family it's, wants privacy. Like, so like, your son was out on a fucking bender. Yeah, exactly, but yeah. So there were var- various sightings of Deirdre on the evening of her death. She was spotted in the local video store just before 8 a.m. The store owner said they did not have a conversation and that she just returned to tapeless like me going to get 8 bodyguard. 8 a.m.? 8 p.m. Oh, sorry, just said 8 a.m. 8 p.m., though, 8 p.m. She bumped... vision didn't open in. Was that vision a thing in Ireland at that point? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Jesus, well, I'm from the country, so we didn't have extra. Okay, whatever. We had Anne-Marie down the road being like, that's a dirty take, get the fuck out of my shop. <laughs> <laughs> She bumped into two friends and told them about uh, when she would be starting college and they said she seemed really happy and excited. It seems that Deirdre began, then began a walk towards the pub to meet her friend, but she never made it. Oh, fuck, that's awful. Yeah. On Saturday, the 16th of September, Deirdre was laid to rest. Hundreds of mourners filled the church and lined the streets. The feeling of utter despair hung in the air. In the Church of the Holy Rosary, Deirdre's parish priest, Father Vincent O'Donoghue, told the congregation, quote, it is very difficult to offer comfort when such grief is felt, which is so fucking true. Yeah, like, no, what honestly, do you do with that? It's just one of like, what do you do? What with do that? you do? Like, and like Middleton's a tiny community. Yeah, there's only six thousand people living there. Yeah, at this it's point, a so. tiny community. Like my, I think I have like two thousand in my village. So, well, is it still tiny? No. Oh, they said no. <laughs> they ruined it. It's full, it's full of people now, <laughs> and they couldn't give a fuck if anything happened to anybody. So Deirdre, lovely Deirdre, was buried next to her mother in the graveyard behind the Church of the Holy Rosary. As Middleton grieved, the Gardaí continued their efforts to bring Deirdre's killer to justice. And we love the guards. We love the guards. <laughs> Up the guards. Up the Gardaí. It's very difficult. We to actually can't say anything about the guards now. We can't say anything about this, uh, this entire thing. I'm like, maybe I should just reread We're it like, or something. Like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. I don't know why you ask questions. I know, but I kind of feel like I have to because I don't want to be like, guards are shy. Because you're an inherent people pleaser. I am a people pleaser. I'm sorry, Garda. <laughs> if I met you, that's what I'd call you. I would, I'd be like, hello, Garda. I'm Thank so, you, so Garda. sorry. Sorry, Garda. Yeah. Apologies. Was, yeah. <laughs> so, I wouldn't. I'm from Bally Farmer, but yeah. like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I have paid tax in two years. <laughs> Take the car off me. I'm no NCT. You're going to pay me? I ain't paid to get it out. the Gardaí continued their efforts to bring Deirdre's killer to justice. A list of stu- suspects had been drawn up and while Gardaí carried out further interviews they continued to appeal to anybody again. They did like so many um, television appeals. Okay. Which has been like please because people were terrified. Yeah. This doesn't happen in small towns especially the fact that she was found on the ground in an area where people were walking to work. 
Like, so it's like super. So there's like a bridge, and then there's like a muddy little part beside the bridge. And everybody walks saying, that like, way. Everybody just walks that way. So, you know, most people, you're not going to dump a body there. Mm. So, where am I? Da, 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 da. Although the list was now in place, the Gardaí did admit they did not have sufficient enough evidence to make an arrest. So, further extensive forensics were carried out on the cordoned off area where Deirdre was found. There's no DNA in 89, no. do we? No. There is um, not DNA, there's. Uh, non secretion and Something secretion. like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Look at me. I know, right? It's not smart. <laughs> As the murder weapon still had not been found, divers searched the river and a number of items were then found that were sent for further examination. One of these items was a large iron bar. So two weeks after Deirdre's burial, the Gardaí still did not have a suspect in custody and rumours began circulating. Now, what I will say about this case is it's a perfect example of when something happens in a small town. Because this happens in my mouth. Somebody will say something up the road, and by the time it gets to my mom's house... It's a truth. It's a blue monster, and they live... Like, you know what I mean? It's insane. So this is kind of what started happening here. People kind of started making stuff up. So, um, so yeah, da, da, da. yeah. On September 22nd, a 37-year-old man was arrested under Section 4 of the Criminal Offences Act. So I'm going to read what that is, because I want to be boring. This uh, section applies to any offence for which a person of full age and capacity and not previously convicted may, under or by virtue of any enactment, be punished by imprisonment for a term of five years or more by a severe penalty and attempt to commit any such offence. So basically it was like, he's never been arrested before, he's no previous convictions, but you can be arrested and sentenced to five years. What? Yeah. So it's just like your first offence, basically. Oh, okay, that section I'm going to be really nice to the guards now. So the person that was arrested was brought to Middleton Guardi Station. The Guardi refused to release any information on the arrest and the man was released the next day without charge. On September 26, the Guardi spoke to the press again. They admitted they had no definitive line of inquiry and no permanent suspects. And in this same press conference, they confirmed that Deirdre had suffered a sexual attack, most likely after she had been fatally murdered. What the fuck? Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah, so that's like... There's no trigger warning, by the way. I can't have one of them to do. They're here. I fucking didn't say sorry. Apologies, I apologize. A fucking trigger warning. I know, but it is what it is in this one. It's okay. If you can leave don't. if you want to leave. We can't give you your money back. <laughs> we give you half the money back. No refunds, no refunds. <laughs> so the Irish Independent published a piece in which they spoke about an elderly woman who had been attacked exactly where Deirdre's body had been found a year previously. Um, the woman had not reported the attack to the Gardaí, so it was never investigated. Instead, she did fill out a questionnaire handed out by the Gardaí after Deirdre's murder, in which she told them she had blacked out during the attack and had suffered severe head injuries. She woke up in hospital and did not remember anything. And did she not tell the... She didn't tell the Gardaí at the time. And she she didn't tell the hospital? No. Oh, that's awful. And what I found strange is that the hospital didn't ring the Gardaí. Yeah. Because if you had an elderly person come in, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I could be wrong. If you had an elderly person come in that showed signs of, wouldn't you call the guards? But I think if they say, like, I don't want to report I don't, it. I don't think they can yeah. do anything. So the woman, fortunately, had not been sexually assaulted at that time. She just was attacked. But it was the same thing. They said Deirdre was hit from behind, knocked to the ground. So And then that's the same MO as what happened to that poor elderly lady. So by the end of September, over 4,000 people had been interviewed. Bear in mind, at this time, the population of Middleton was 6,000 people. Fuck me. Yeah. And over 300 statements had been taken. A reconstruction of Deirdre's last movements was broadcast on RTE on the 30th of September. The Gardaí appealed for, in, I'm sorry, appeared in the piece and asked people, especially women, to be hyper-vigilant 
as because the attack was so violent and in an outdoor setting, there was they were concerned that the perpetrator might strike again. Well, what they didn't say in that piece was, hey, if you're a man, stop. Hey. Just don't do that. You know what would be great? Maybe just leave women just alone. Just leave women alone. It was like, don't go outside if you're a woman. Stay in your house. So that was the kind of mentality. And all the men were like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> They're all in the gas. We're all outside. Out we go. She's cooking the dinner. <laughs> Off we go. But that is, I la- I'm, I'm like incredulous at this, but that is still the fucking bullshit now. Like, oh yeah. You know, you see those pieces where it's like things to do to avoid sexual assault. They're like, don't go outside. Don't have a vagina. Don't breathe. And then it's like nothing about to be like, hey, if you have sons, maybe just say to them, hey, don't, don't, don't do that. But yeah, 1989, still the same shit. So forensic tests confirms that the iron bar found in the river had been used in Deirdre's attack and murder. By the end of October 1989, one month after Deirdre's body had been found and the Gardaí had pleaded once again with the public to come forward on any information they might have. They mentioned, right, so basically what happened is they found a gold coin beside Deirdre's body. It was like a Scottish two-pound gold coin. And it was a commemorative coin from some sort of like sports event. So they were like, oh my God, where did this come from? Definitely a man. Definitely a man. And they were like, there there has to be some reason. So they went on television and they were like, listen, we found this. If someone could even just come forward and tell us if they own it or where it's from. So we can rule it out. So we can rule it out. But they were kind of hopeful that it was um, the person that had done it. However... It was later discovered that a young boy had lost it while cycling through the area. So this kid, this 12-year-old kid, his parents had given it to him. His parents had given it to him as a present and he was cycling and it fell out of his pocket. So they had to ring the guards and be like, listen, he's 12. He didn't do this. Um, so yeah, they had nothing. So by the end of October 1980, well, sorry, I read that. However, but that what? demonstrates that they actually were like oh, they in were the details. Act- actively trying yeah, to find, yeah. like they were going ham with this. Which quite often is not what we yeah, talk about. Yeah, exactly. So at the start of November, a call was placed to the Gardaí regarding Deirdre's murder. Both calls, the two calls, were routed through 999 to the Middleton Garda station. In the call, the man was able to pass on extremely useful information. They asked him to call again, that they would give him the strictest confidentially, but he never called again. So they didn't have tracking, couldn't track his number because it had been patched through from yeah. 999 and he had information that nobody else would have. Oh, okay. So they were like, please call back. He just never called back. Never called back. Yeah. So at the start of 1990, a 37-year-old man was once again arrested and then was released again with this no charge. Is the same dude? He got oh, okay, Jesus. So... <laughs> By September 1990, Deirdre's case had, for all reasons, gone cold and there were no new leads. In October 1991, William Mulcahy passed away suddenly in his home. That's Deirdre's dad. Oh, that's horrible. He did not live to see any justice for his daughter. Now, she did still have her sisters and her brother, so, you know. But now they have their mom, their dad, dad and their sister. sister, In January 1992, a 24-year-old man, Richard Laffin from Middleton, appeared in court charged with stealing money from Deirdre on the night she died, as well as stealing another woman's handbag on the same night. Laffin pled not guilty to both charges, and he was granted bail. Thirteen further charges were then put to Laffin, which included break-ins and assault, which he pled guilty to. So he didn't plead guilty to the first two, but the remaining 13 he did. Oh, okay. Because Deirdre had been murdered. So he was like, I'm not pleading guilty to the two. In any way saying that I took uh, any money from her. I'm so dumb. I was like, why would you do why that? Why would you do that? <laughs> your solicitor would be like, shut yeah, the fuck up. Yeah, my sister would be like, you don't shut your fucking mouth. So, this one's actually mute, your honour. <laughs> 
charges dated back to 1985 and as late as 1990. Laffin's solicitor said that due to his client's lack of income, he had broken into numerous schools along with solicitor's offices, a credit union and shops. So if you're broke, just steal, <laughs> is what he said. Um, Laffin's solicitor asked that his client receive community service, but the judge was like, nope, and sentenced him to jail for 18 months. Although Laffin had been jailed, it was not as the guardy hoped for Deirdre's murder. They were kind of hoping that oh, okay. they could pin it on him, but they couldn't. So, on June 24th, 1991, a large file was sent to the DPP regarding Deirdre's murder. The file was huge, like, the person describing it was like, oh, yeah, and comprehensive, and was forwarded due to a breakthrough in the case. It would be nine months later, on the 19th of March, 1992, that Richard Laffin would be brought before Middleton Court once again, this time to be charged with the murder of Deirdre Mulcahy. He was remanded in custody. In July, the state put forward a request, a request to bring Laffin to trial. This was rejected by Laffin's team, saying that the state had two and a half years to build a case against their client and they would need more time. The judge granted an adjournment of one month and continued to remand Laffin in custody. In May, the state put forward their request for a trial and once again Laffin's team complained. This time they said it was because the state was being unhelpful and not forthcoming with his efforts. He told the judge that he had sent a letter to the state requesting information and documents on the case, but this had gone unanswered. Now, there was killings in this court. They were fucking losing their shit at each other because his team were like, we asked for those letters. And he was like, I don't get the letters. Like, it was proper going off. But, like, the whole time, it's like, this girl is dead. Please yeah. stop. Try and come to some sort of arrangement with it. So the judge directed that Laffin's team were to have access to um, inspected exhibits exhibits as well as certain requested photographs Isn't so that finally that they don't no like they can they can request information because it's like the state when you think about it the uh, ireland had two and a half years to bring a case towards and they had a month to be like prepared and they had response. nothing okay. they had no information they had nothing and they were requesting information from the state the state was like no no okay so in february 1993 richard laffin's trial began so this is four years after deirdre's murder he pleaded not guilty to both robbery and murder. The state spoke about Deirdre's murder, saying that she had been, quote, unmercifully beaten. Garda Michael Campbell took the stand. He was one of the first guardy on the scene that morning. He told the jury that when he saw Deirdre's body, she was bloodied and she was naked from the waist down. He noticed her pink pinafore dress beside her body. He also noted that the metal bar in the river, well, he saw the metal bar in the river, and there was a huge amount of footprints going okay. from her body to the banks. Detective Bernard Kelly also took the stand where he said he had taken pictures of the scene and had to move some items as the river was coming up over the banks. When cross-examined by Laffin's team, they had asked if he had taken pictures of a man in his home on the same day, and he said he had, and confirmed the man was not Laffin. So they obviously had somebody else that they thought it might have been. Okay. So they went to his house to like take pictures of his boots, and because it was happened in a muddy area, so, but it wasn't Laffin, it was, it was somebody else. The trial closed quickly on the second day, with the judge telling the jury to leave until the following Monday as, quote, important and considerable legal issues had arisen that needed to be dealt with. The following Monday when the jury arrived, both legal teams had spent four days going through legal arguments. Judge Costello, who was presiding, told the jury that, again, legal proceedings would be continuing without them as arguments had not been resolved. Why do you pick these cases? <laughs> You do this to me every time. I know I do. Quote, it is absolutely necessary in the interest of justice that this trial continues in the way that it is continuing. So they kept coming back and he was like, 
Get out of here. What the fuck? Go to fuck home. So on Wednesday... Have you ever done jury duty? Oh, yeah. <gasps> what was it like? Horrible. Really? Like, Craig, did you do jury duty? I have, yeah. What? It was a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> Craig was, was like, Oh. 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 <laughs> They're like, look at his hair. Get him out yeah. of here. Get him out. You were like wearing a banging outfit every day as well. Like, oh, yeah. like, I'm going to jury duty. I'm doing my civic duty. <laughs> um, so on Wednesday, the 24th of July, the jury arrived back again. Even though the trial had been in action for eight days, the jury had only heard one hour of testimony because the judge kept saying, get the fuck out. Justice Costello then informed them that they were going home again. However, this time they were not to to return and the trial was over. Judge Costello told the jurors that a key witness for the defense was was deemed medically unfit to give evidence at the trial and as such, it would not be possible to have a fair trial. The DPP agreed, and the trial would need to be reset. So a fresh, brand new trial had to go forward. So they just threw the entire thing out. So yeah, fun times. So Richard Laffin was released on bail. So they didn't oh, remand him further. Yep, they released him because basically they were like, well, the trial is fucked. We can't keep this guy in prison because we don't have a trial. Oh, okay. So a week later, court proceedings were held to set a new date for the trial. During these hearings, the state requested a further delay as they had gone to the Supreme Court to appeal Justice Costello's decision to not call the witness. So right, okay. they were like, we don't agree with that. We're going to the Supreme Court to try and get this thrown out so we can go ahead with the current trial that we were trying to do. Right. It's but mess. even though you've sent all the jury away yep. and said you're not coming back, yep. they, were like, going to they were like, we don't care because we want just Judge Costello's, um, you know, what, what he said to be completely thrown out. So the trial was postponed for a further month and Laffin's bail was extended again. And uh, the state were like, please stop extending his bail. He is absolutely a flight risk. He's going to go like, but he didn't. And did he stay in Middleton? He stayed in Cork, yeah. Oh, God, that poor family. Yep. So from Mensrea, I got this from Mensrea. On May 5th, the Supreme Court heard the DPP's application to quash the decision made by Justice Costello. The witness, this is the gentleman now that couldn't appear, his name is John Fleming. He challenged his subpoena to appear as a witness on behalf of the defense. Mr. Fleming's psychiatrist said that he was in treatment for over a decade for his mental health and he was on antidepressants and tranquilizers. Same. He told the court <laughs> He told the court that appearing at the trial would have a detrimental effect on not only his patient's mental health, but his future. Fleming was an ex-civil servant and he was described as very shy and an insular. On the evening of the 13th of September, John had taken a walk along the riverbank. Two separate locals had said they had seen Fleming walking in the area and another said they had seen him praying at Deirdre's grave a number of days later. This, along with many people seeing John as a loner... Like, what the uh, fuck? Yeah, along with seeing John as a loner and odd, led the guardie to arrest him and bring him in for questioning. 
What the fuck? Yeah. So a neighbour and friend of the Fl- Flemings. Said, Sorry, he did it. No, he didn't. He yeah, did, he did. <laughs> <laughs> A neighbour and friend of the Flemings said John's arrest had caused him so many problems that the hostility towards him was completely unfair and cruel to the point where the local priests had to speak at mass and tell the congregation that the immortality of blame was at play and reprimanded them for their treatment oh, so of John. So this the rumours thing so was. the priest was like, fucking knock it off. Knock yeah, it off. So he and was, all of the good Catholics were like, okay, yeah, very good. <laughs> Until we step outside and then we're going to do it again. Jesus, yeah, we're, we're very sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So the guardy then arrested John a second time. Remember I mentioned those two arrests? Yeah. It was the same man. Um, when a description of a man seen washing his hands near the scene was sent to the guardie, even though John did not match the description of a short, stocky, 20-something-year-old. This man was 37 years old. The description of the man did, however, seem to match Richard Laffin. Okay. So Bridget McLaughlin, who was writing for the Irish Independent at the time, said that Laffin had moved in with a woman in the town months after Deirdre's death. In February of 1990, a young woman was attacked and left for dead in Military Hill, just two kilometers from where Laffin was living. Shortly after this attack happened, left to, sorry, Laffin left to live in Jersey for nine months. In 1991, the woman Laffin had lived with, he had attacked and beat her, beaten her. She went to the guardie to tell them that shortly after deciding leave, to leave him, she went to their flat to get their things. It was here she found a purse, and when looking inside, she found a bank card with the name Deirdre Mulcahy. Oh. So this is where this all came so from. So what I've learned is, if I lived in a tiny village, yeah. because I'm a weirdo, if something happened... Me? It's they, me? Yeah, they'd be it's like, me. she fucking did it. This fucking yellow And the priest would be like, calm down, yeah. and they'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> She's absolutely the one. Like, if I... When we walk around, we yeah, go to the But you're a witch. Like, I went Go to Legan once and everybody came into Emma's Ma's kitchen to be like, like, what's the Dublin Reg? Who's the Dublin Reg? Who's, who's in the Dublin Reg? <laughs> <laughs> ah, Longford. I said, I won't be back. <laughs> um, in May 1993, the Supreme Court ruled that the DPP would have to decide if a fresh trial was warranted in the case against Richard Laffin. As John Fleming was the only other person arrested in connection with Deer... Oh! Did I do... No, we're okay. Um... <laughs> And I was he- going to blame you. <laughs> like, immediately, I was like, you're a load of shite. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was the only... So John Laffin was the... Oh, no, sorry, I beg your pardon. John Fleming was the only other person arrested in this trial. And because he refused to stand trial, a new trial was needed. Because I had to read up on this, but basically, the only way that they could kind of accuse Richard Laffin of it was to prove that John Fleming didn't do it, if that makes sense. So, Which is a ridiculous thing, but apparently that's the way it works. So, due Ireland, to this, eh? yeah, Richard Laffin walked free. A new trial was not requested, and Laffin's name was cleared. What? Gone. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They, because it was such a fuck-up, the state knew that anything they tried to do, Richard's team would be like, well, you fucked that up. That doesn't make any sense. We're not doing that. So the whole thing was squashed. Out. Gone. Was out of, yeah. Allowed to go free. Allowed to go free. Deirdre's family said they were incredibly disappointed at no conviction being made. <sighs> One week after he walked free, Laffin gave an interview to the Sunday World. They fucking love to do this. He told them since he walked free, he had been threatened, barred from local businesses, and he lived a waking hell for 18 He's months. He's a fucking murderer. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <Sorry>. So, <laughs> Laffin said that if he had been found guilty... There's a lot of edits on the podcast. <laughs> 
it's just me sitting there with a pen going 2245. <laughs> Cut that and, out. And Colin being like, Colin does this thing whenever we finish recording, he goes, uh, Do I have to. Like, is there much to do? Is there much to do? There, there, there absolutely is. And I'm like, It's four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> so Laughlin said if he had been found guilty, he would have gone on hunger strike and would have died or walked free. That's how much he was like, I didn't do this. Actually, can I just say tangentially? Craig showed me a video yesterday of this like really funny, funny cork comedian lady. I don't know her name. She used to be on the Republic of Tally. She's fucking hilarious. She's dressed as the nun. I can't remember her name. Anyway, though, one of the funniest insults I've ever heard in my life. So there was like two characters and one of them had a fake tan. And the cork lady turned to her and she was like, um, nice fake tan. You look like a dirty protest. <laughs> I was like, that is the greatest thing I have ever heard in my life. You look like a dirty protest. I am. I won't be able to go on hunger strike. No, I can't go on hunger strike. I can't not eat for like two hours. No, God, no. So Laffin said he felt abandoned and he would always be linked with her murder. Okay, so this is kind of awful. So March 20th, 1996, a passerby noticed something at the ruins of a castle in Ballyannon, not too far from Middleton. There they found a man's body hanging from a tree. The man was 28-year-old Richard Laffin, and he had been there for two weeks. What? So he pretty much was abandoned by everybody. Like, his entire family abandoned him. The guardie had been looking for Laffin as he was wanted in connection with another attack and robbery of an elderly woman two months earlier. So to this day, no one has been brought to justice for the murder of 19-year-old Deirdre Mulcahy. And that is the horrific case of poor Deirdre Mulcahy and the Mulcahy family. And I was wondering, would anybody know them? But obviously you don't. But um, yeah, no, horrible, awful. And even at the end, it's like nothing, nothing feels good. Because... Yeah, and you picked this one for the fucking live show. I <laughs> and I do it again. Like, honestly. <laughs> like, is anybody here that was at the first live show? No, yeah. hey, yeah. Like, no, don't apologise. No, don't apologise. We're not worth stalking, don't worry. There's nothing to stalk. Mm. I just stay in my house and Emma's in our mouths. Yep. Um, we don't do anything. But like at the first live show, this motherfucker, we were supposed to do two stories yeah. at the first live show. Right? I fucked and it up. Like this motherfucker got up on stage, had 15 pages written, <laughs> and then began to like talk. The intro lasted 12 seconds. Yeah. Because we were like, <laughs> and um, started to talk. And then it was, it was a fucking up and down. And then she stopped talking and she was like, right, it's time for your story now. And I was like, like, we have 15 nope. minutes left. Like, show's over. <laughs> like, you've just been talking. This is only nine pages. I, I didn't like, do it this time. You have just been talking for two fucking hours. <laughs> and she was like, what? What? And she went to me off stage because then we went off for a break. She went, people are going to think that I was trying to steal the limelight. Yeah. And you, like, you weren't allowed to talk. And we I was were, like, we were in the toilet and she was like pulling up her pants. And I was like, ah, like full blown having a mental breakdown. And you, everybody else is out like dancing to Colin singing. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, people are going to think I stole the show. Yeah. And I was like, you. <laughs> Wait, you're absolutely right. Like, I could not ever steal a show. Every, so. Like everybody's going to be like, the one who does not want to be perceived just all of a sudden was like, hello. <laughs> I want to be a star. It is me. But the whole point of me telling you that was that was like that story had like I could I but I could fucking crack a joke at the end. Sorry, I'm sorry. This one I know I'm sorry. I could fucking do nothing with I know, but I wanted to tell it because I think a lot of 
this is an odd thing to say, but I think a lot of murders, especially, is, it's very Dublin-centric. People don't really talk what's happening well, in the rest racist. of the country. It's not racist. These are a bunch of whites. Um, so people don't really talk about, and Cork has a very long history of horrific murders. Like, it really, really does. And a lot of women and a lot of femicide happening down here, as well as the North. Cork and the North, actually, two places. <laughs> like, the North, like it's one place. The North. But yeah, it is. So I just wanted to talk about her because... They've never had any justice. Nothing has happened for them, and it's desperately yeah, sad. Yeah, no, it's so, really, really sad. Um, but yes, that's it. That yeah. was my case, and I hope hey. everyone enjoyed it. And I'm sorry yeah. for the depression. Yeah. So, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Where's Colin? Oh, there he is. There he is. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm I literally went out. I bet he went out. Did you go out? And then I had to smoke, and it was because at the last live shows, Emma was just like, and then he dragged her into the river, and I was like, just sitting there, like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> In a full blown white face. I, I do this thing, you know, well, that I'm related to my own mother, because uh, when shit like this goes on, I'm just there, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he oh does, like, God. when we first started to do it, yeah. he'd be like, are you okay? Yeah. Like, he'd, he'd edit the show, and he'd be like, Oh, Jesus. Well, like, you know, I've done the Patreon with him a couple of times. Yeah. So if I do the Patreon with Colin and I do, like, a case like this, he just sits in silence. There's nothing. <laughs> just, and then he just... But then you just go at the end of it, Jesus Christ. And then that's it. There's nothing else. That's going. it. That's the, that's that's the, the, that's the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, jeez. And then uh, when, we, when we first started doing it and Colin would put the songs on the end, which he still does, but he'd be like, oh, I can't put a song on the end of that one. Yeah, there's yeah, certain yeah. ones. There's certain ones, but there's no song, yeah. Can't, I can't do a song on the end of that one. And I'd be like, I think people need a song. Yeah. But that's why we have... need to be uplifted. Have you ever heard the full version of the theme song at the end of the book? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's oh, bad. God. It's yeah. been bad. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't dragging myself into this. So. <laughs> yeah, I do feel sorry for him when you have to edit it. I hate when you edit it out loud, but and I walk past your. Oh yeah, he starts just... editing it. Like we'll record, and then Sarah will be leaving, and Colin will have this thing on full blast in his bedroom with the door open. I'm like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> it's horrible. It's absolutely awful. So are we ready to do some? Did anybody ask any questions? Yes. Yay! In if fact, not, several people. Home home. Several people had smoke coming out with their fucking arms. They were writing down so fast. <laughs> Now, so as is customary for the people who have been at the live show before, they know the crack, but for anyone else, uh, we take our um, Ask Me Ask questions from the decapita- decapitated head of Shergar, <laughs> who is the, the mascot of the, of the show. Yeah. Shergar, oh he is! I don't, think, cat Jack. Uh, yeah, I don't think we'll ever do a better episode. Yeah, that's what... <laughs> that's like, we peaked It's because, so we, early. because we, we could take the piss. <laughs> we just... Know? Fucking took the piss. It was the best night of my R. life. R.I.P. Sugar. I'm married, and I still would rather do that again. Like, like, like I, just, Aww, I like, like, was honestly, I was like, we are on fire. <laughs> You were so, and, and it continued on because the Shergar song was the next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is podcasting go! <laughs> we were there, like, in our sad little bedroom during the pandemic, like, but anyway, yeah, let's get this going. And you know what? It's nice to get a comment at the start um, because it works really nice and it's, you know, it doesn't go straight Someone in. Someone left a comment on yeah. the question. Sorry, yeah. before you start, we've been going for like an hour and ten. Does anybody want to like go for a drink? Like take yeah, a, you break? Want a break? Do you or want anything, to do, like, a break or anything? Go get drinks. We can wait. Yeah. Do you want to do like a ten? Are you sure? Because I know I took the piss out of you, but like, <laughs> if, 
if you need to if anybody wants to go to the bar go to the bar we'll just be here like yeah. this we'll just be here like that yeah, absolutely. yeah no honestly if he's want it's okay there's pen yeah. <laughs> like little scared mice yeah so what we do we just talk some shit until let's talk some shit until people come back yeah. we'll just do what's that say let me read that uh, you can read this one do you know what I'm going to get the I'll get the comments when I'm doing like a conference and work he's all needs back in the room by quarter past right is this a ruse because when you have to go poo? Do they sell pizza here? No. No. Okay. What? Ah. Oh. Uh, Mr. Salman, you need to be back in the room for quarter past. <laughs> <laughs> how are you all? Yeah, how are you doing? Are we good? Do you hate us? Okay. You see, I'm going to say something here now for everyone. We had the option of having an interval interpretive dance song. You decided not to do that. I know, because you were, you were like... Fucking the marathon women over there. Fucking let's do it. We'll fucking talk till we die. Yeah. No, but you decided and, and not to us, do all that. All of a sudden in this intimate room. No, it's, like, but the room is so small and it's quite it awkward is. to get in and out. It is. So I just want to make sure that people who are like, I don't want to get out. Yeah, so basically. If here's you disturb the, it, anyone, can get out. What if now. they don't come back? Yeah, I don't know. Well, here's a story for you. Here's a story for, here's a yeah. story for you. Imagine uh, they were like, I'm go- that fella's gone. That story was over and he was like, He well, had enough of my shit yeah. immediately. He, he was sitting at the front. He was like this. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Oh, jeez, I'm done." He did not want to be here. <laughs> Basically, the the crack, here. the crack with that was we had I had this like interpretive dance video thing from that old Betty, you know the old Betty Boop cartoon with the like white ghost thing. Yeah. We were all set to go. Yeah, hilarious, hot, huh? and it was to the fucking sad goodbye horses. You know the the thing. Goodbye oh yeah, I forgot horses. we were going to do and that. And then I was like, I just had it in my head. I was like. Turns out it's racist. Is this yeah, a, I was yeah. just looking at it so, and I was like, is this a little bit racist? Yeah. So turns I Googled it, it and turns out it is turns extremely fucking racist. Insanely racist. Yeah, yeah so, so little, little dancing yeah, ghost on the Betty Boop like, thing. Uh, if anybody follows us on Instagram, I've made videos of Colin dancing with it. It's like yeah. a filter on TikTok. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we, we do that. I get Colin to come in all the time and dance to that because I just think it's hilarious. And um, we were like, let's do that for like an interval so people can go to the toilet and stuff. And then it was like, oh, that's really racist. Yeah, I watched the whole video and the, the ghost like is, is, is like a, a black dude doing like fucking Louis Armstrong for the first half of the car. Like, oh, shit balls. <laughs> so that, that did that not up. happen. Could you imagine? One of the most fucking... Uh, Lucky escapes. Luckiest fucking Googles I've ever done. Jesus Christ. But we did have a funny video with with, with the Shargar head, so maybe if you come to Liberty Hall, you might see it. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah, to Liberty Hall one, yeah. Yeah, we've another one. We might do Waterford or Limerick. Who the fuck do we think we are? Saps. This is it. No, but honestly, who the fuck do we think we are? Like, like six months ago, I was like, I'm never doing getting on stage. Sorry, do you know also the very, very first episode of the podcast? We were going to, I was, I asked Colin, could we walk, walk out to this audio? I say in the very first podcast, if we ever ask you guys for money, <laughs> stop listening to us. <laughs> in the very first one. We do, yeah. Where I don't sound like in the very first one, I'm like, yeah, my name's Sarah Jane, and um, I've got like a really you have stupid the accent. poshest accent I've, I've ever work, heard. I've got my work accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your phone, your phone voice. Like, yeah, your phone voice. Put together, but I absolutely. But wait, that first episode is so funny yeah. because it is literally not us. No, I, was I don't like, even know who those people are. I was like, so we just tell story. Reading it verbatim, like. Um, I just listened to it and go, this is lovely. We'll win prizes for this. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I fucking know. 
That's the thing. It took like it took like I think episode three is when when the facade dropped. Yeah, we put it dropped the Jack, fully. It's, it's the episode where we put the Jack Chan thing at the end. Yeah, it dropped. <laughs> It was only so long we could keep that shit up. My favourite one is we put Harry's team in the end of one oh of them. My, and oh it's God. a real, like, it's an inside joke between the three of us. Like, so whenever me and Emma go on holidays, I turn into the most Irish she person She starts, in the world. like, open the rye and, and so, like, bars. like, <laughs> literally, I, whenever we're, like, in the morning when we wake up, I play Harry's team. Just bear in mind, it's when we're in America. Yeah. She fully I turns play, into a rye head. Like. I play Harry's team, and don't forget your shovel if you want to go to work. <laughs> Every morning, at, like, the loud, and I open, wherever we're staying, I open the windows, <laughs> and I, like, hold my, like, speaker out. And so I was like, we should do that over, it was, like, one episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And someone wrote in, oh, like, someone. Here, Everyone here, I don't know if he's noticed, but there's audio at the end. Rays are talking, and, and I was like, Well, that's a joke. No one, Harry's team is like bl- blaring yeah. over it. Like, no one, we, that joke did not land. No, land. this woman was like, I can't hear what she's saying. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, <laughs> but it's crazy really? because there's like, I think it's weird when I, I just for me, I have three minutes left, lads. Come on, three minutes. Um, Hurry up or I'll have to pee again. <laughs> Do you pee again? No, oh, oh, okay. Um, but like, it's weird because I always say to you, we, for people to care about anything that we say, because we're just fucking morons. So for people to actually find anything we do interesting is really, really bizarre. Like, yeah. it's very, very odd. Because I know sometimes when we're places and we're in, like, a bar or a restaurant, oh, people, people fucking hate us. Like, I know they do. Like, he's all, but he's... Yeah. No, they do. No, but no. sorry, but do you all remember when we were in New York and Emma kept going live on Instagram? <laughs> Comedy goals. Like, like we're like that all, all the, the time. time. Like even today when we were having breakfast, you said there was two men like oh yeah, we were having breakfast in the Galway Hooker, behind and, like, us, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like staring at them, yeah. <laughs> But do you know what the funny thing is that they give a fuck about anyone else who's doing it? Like, because I we were on the train today and we we're sitting back to back, and I was trying to edit the Patreon, and I was like, "What well, they do? Shut fuck <laughs> off!" But right, it was funny. We went for we no, went we for, won't. We went for dinner the other day, and there were four oh, and there were four lads sitting across from us, right? And now they were there are young fellas talking shit, like, and uh, Emma was like, "I wish they'd fucking shut up." <laughs> shut the fuck up. No, they were nice, but I think we no. Here's the thing. No, no I got to first. The captain's defenders of because uh, they were like, so lads, we have to, we this have to. Make sound so bad. This is gonna make her sound so bad, but the, you fucking rewatch it. So uh, they were like, so here's a cheers to celebrate our one thousand follower on Instagram for our podcast, and then we were like, <laughs> no, hear me out. Listen, I was sat here and Colin was in front of me, and they were here and they were right in my ear. And they were just like being men, and I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" But then I caught myself and I said, "That's mean. Don't be mean, Emma." I know, I know, I, know. I did catch it's myself. There's not like I'll ever let you forget it, though. No, I'm never gonna live that down, Mike. Never, now, ever. folks, are we ready to do these questions? Let's are we okay to go? Are we ready to to air your dirty laundry everywhere? Okay. We're going to start with it, I said we'd start with a comment, uh, and it says, can you say hello to my friend Warren? She's obsessed with you. Also, she has a heart of gold. Aww. Nice. Is hello, Warren. Is Warren here? Yeah. Hi, Warren. Hi. Hi, Warren. You she, have a heart of gold. Yeah. It's your friend. She accosted yeah. me earlier on. Accosted? <laughs> what a fucking word. Accosted. Warren, <laughs> she loves it. Don't apologise. I was, I like, was going to the toilet to troll. <laughs> And um, she was like, ah! And I was like, what the fuck's going on? But no, on, no, you were so Where, and thank you for coming, and thank you to your lovely friend as well. You're very sweet. Aww. Aww. 
Wearing has a heart of gold. A heart of gold. I don't like know what to be doing with you though. These are mental. <laughs> What's the next one to wear? Okay, one second now. Con- He's the next one is. He censors them. <coughs> he does. Oh, fuck. Ah, Jesus, lads. <laughs> this is, will any question ever be funnier than the cucumber one no. from the sugar no. club? No, no, it won't. No. Okay, you know the cucumber story? Okay, fuck me. So, I'll tell it because I know the whole story about the cucumber. So, basically, we we did the second show in the Sugar Club and someone wrote a question and I just said, can you taste cucumber? Hello? Yeah. So, can you taste cucumber? Which is basically that thing where, you know, some people can taste cucumber and some people can't taste cucumber. It said, can you taste... And what was the next question? There's another part to the question, but I can't remember. Anyway, but it was like, can you... Do you know the way we have spoken about not being able to taste cucumber? So, they were like, can you taste cucumber? And then it was something about his, it was something about, and it doesn't matter. And then uh, Colin was like, "Tell them what you said." I was like, "Like, like." You were like, "How do people know about this?" <laughs> <laughs> and I immediately was like, "That's not what they mean, Colin." There's a whole story with cucumber that happened to him. But Colin presumed somebody had somehow found out about this cucumber story when they were literally just asking, "Can you taste cucumber?" <laughs> I'm like, we've said an awful lot of shit on this fucking show. It's not beyond the realm of imagination. that we talked about it, That yeah. we talked about it. We did yeah. not, because I know that cucumber story, and I would never tell anybody that cucumber story. But Absolutely, but I'll just tell you, take this, all the clue I'll give you is that cucumber juice would fly across the room. Oh... <laughs> uh. Yeah, so you don't want to know the rest of that story anyway. But yeah, that was the fucking funniest thing that ever happened. So my mom might be coming to the next one. So if you get to the next one, don't ask about the fucking cucumber. That was like the best night of my life. So funny. This is actually this one is actually podcast related. Oh, okay, cool. Yay. Yay. Um, oh, you guys are back. I thought you had left. Oh, hello. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't want to go. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> what was the most interesting case uh, you have covered? Uh, what is the case you really want to cover? Um, okay, most interesting. Oh gosh. Well, I know the one that I want to cover, but I'm not going to do it because we. I just feel still the, the Anna Kriegel case. I still yeah. feel really difficult about that one. I do feel like you know, it's a tough one because I do feel like she needs to be talked about and not forgotten. But at the same time, it's just there's something so heinous to that case that I just don't think we could ever cover it. Yeah, me and Graham were talking about it recently because he was like, would you cover it? And I was like, I have been thinking about the fact that, you yeah. know, her dad died very recently. Oh, um, And so it's just like one of those cases that's in, like, they're all sad. But that one is just, it's kids killing kids, yeah. right? But Graham told me that one of the Can mothers, we say this now? We're not going to go yeah, to jail. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, he was like, because this is how the question came up. He's, oh. I said something about, like, if Lily did something, he was like, would you cover it up for her? And I was like, no, fuck that bitch is going to jail. <laughs> like, my eight-year-old is going to fucking jail if she takes the piss. And he was like, one of the mothers of those sons lied and oh, come, really? tried to cover something up and the alibi fell apart. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he was like, so, like, because he was like, I think I would try and, like, I know, I and I, I do, and I do kid. get that. Like, and I was like, "Well, we would you wouldn't. get divorced." Yeah, you wouldn't cover, and I, I wouldn't because I'd be like, "No." Yeah, I think that case for me is just something that I honestly haven't even read much about it because it's so upsetting that I'm like, I don't want to really know anything about it, and I just know that I just hope she's resting in peace and her family are okay. So definitely, the Anna Krieg one, the most interesting one. I can't. I'm trying to think. We've done so fucking many that I'm like, I'm gonna pick a non-Irish one. Because for me, I think the most interesting case that I have probably covered is that Japanese cannibal. That fucking just, case. 
just because I don't understand, like I don't get it. And I also don't get how culturally that man could be allowed to continue to be famous. The whole thing is, it feels like a Black Mirror episode in a way. So for me, probably that's the most interesting one because I think a lot of the Irish murders tend to be, I don't want to say straightforward, but they do tend to be straightforward where someone was murdered, they found the person that did it. But then when you go outside Ireland, it's like cannibals. Yeah. yeah so what the fuck is going like, on here? Like when you go outside of Ireland, it's like, oh, people are real fucked up. Yeah, we're fucked up. Like we're right. we're fucked up in a different yeah. way, but it's like because oh. when you think about it, the history of the church, we're fucked up in a totally different yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Like, but when you go outside Ireland and then you start discovering these cases where it's like a man put four bodies in his basement and regularly has sex and shit like that, it's yeah. just so fucking bizarre. Just so. talking about Collins personally. <laughs> hey, I never had a basement in my life. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's for me. Uh, the, the, you know the guy that went to the beach to like kill himself and dropped his clothes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, gentleman, yeah. That guy. I remember you telling me that story. And then when you told me the bag information, like where he had like bags where he'd like from a different From like, a different one, no yeah. Where they were from, from, yeah. And he'd like brought them purposely. And the little notes that he kept leaving. And from the I was like, so uh, aliens are real. And uh, <laughs> I believe in all the conspiracies now. Yeah. Um, that that case for me was real interesting. Yeah, all the ones you, I do like. Graham was messaging me earlier on. He was like, "Good luck, you'll do really great." And I was like, "I already do anything. Emma dinner." <laughs> and he was like, oh, "Okay." And he was like, "Will the story belong?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, of course." Like, well, yeah. no, that one was fine. That wasn't seventeen yeah, yeah, pages. But I was so like, Emma actually has a master's in journalism. But I I, I, I was up until two o'clock this morning doing this. I know, yeah, but I just fucking and all I could hear from the other room was. <laughs> <laughs> And then he got up and he's like, all right. And I was like, go to bed. I'm trying to write this, but yeah. So those no, two she are was probably... like a fucking apparition. She has this like fucking egg chair. I have a ball chair and, and it's I the went, greatest thing ever. I went, she was just like, oh! Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, it it's black. The inside of it's black. So when you sit into it, it's kind of like nobody can actually see it. So that's And then they just fucking scowl. And it, was, it was like that scene in The Exorcist where Pazuzu just appeared and like, oh. <laughs> Thank you to whoever wrote that question. It was very good. Thank you very, very much. Appreciated. Does that have a name? Oh. Oh. (laughs) Thank you, Rebecca. Now, um, uh, this is from Reese. A a a twofer. A twofer? Uh, How do I stop my girlfriend's obsession with Shergar? (laughs) And secondly, what was your favourite MMI episode to record and I'm going to leave you this because I have to go for pee oh for fuck's sake um, so you can't stop her obsession with Shergar because it's fascinating it's about a freaking horse like one of our biggest one of our biggest oh my god Colin yes. Colin we Colin we've no insurance are you okay you know I'm very disaster. sorry. Go to the bathrooms. Um, one of our, I think one of the best things about Shergar is one of the most famous crime stories in our country is about a fucking horse. Yeah. So like, I don't I, think you should ever stop the obsession because it's amazing. That other story we were talking about today. So I'm going to do, in the next podcast, I'm going to do a story which is about a guy who goes to kill a doctor who performs vasectomies in Ireland. And I said to her, it's the most Irish fucking story I've ever heard. <laughs> And um, the Shergar story, when we were, when I was right, I was like, this story is the fucking dumbest crime in fucking, like even the motive for where it's like, the IRA were like, listen, we want to go into politics and we need the money. So we're going to kidnap and, a horse. But we don't want to, we don't want to give up the gun running. So we need to get some extra cash flow. <laughs> and also, like this is legitimate. They were all like, but also like our reputation, we don't want to fuck that up. So we don't want to kidnap people because the Ben Dunn one went terribly. <laughs> so then they were like, uh, and 
literally like these are like literally a year apart. Yeah. They kidnapped Ben Dunn, that goes terribly for the exact same reason. Ben Dunn's family's like, we don't give a fuck, fuck him. And then the next year they're like, a horse. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> That's, That's the one. So many people cared more about the horse and than th- Ben Dunn. Honestly, people were like, people did not give two fiddlers fucks oh. about Ben Dunn. When that horse went missing. People were like, the fucking horse. Holy Jesus, what have they done to him? My favourite thing, which is a terrible thing about this case, is that that person that said that how they killed the horse was they shot it with AK-47. <laughs> Y'all were just blowing a horse's head off with fucking no. AK-47s, yeah. but never stopped the obsession. It's amazing. Um, I think the, our favourite episode to record was... Yeah, no, our favourite episode was the Sugar episode. Just because, because we didn't so have to be... many jokes about yeah. it. And, and we didn't have to, you know... And this is heavy, right? Yeah. We're talking about like really heavy shit. And yeah. like we do have to fucking research it, which is the worst, biggest load of bollocks I never thought <laughs> When she was like, do I you want to when she was like, Do you want to do a podcast during COVID? Literally, her boyfriend at the time was like, I think he's a really funny. And because I'm so arrogant, I was like, We are <laughs> We are hilarious. It and only then, took one person that had never met you, by the way. Me. Never met her. Um, and only heard my phone conversations with yeah, her and never. was like, You guys are funny. And I said it to her, and she's like, We are, start a podcast. <laughs> like, we, and he was like I like listening to the stories that you tell me about Sarah yeah, yeah. you should start a podcast and I was like he's right <laughs> and then she was like let's we were like fucking for about 20 minutes we were like what we do yeah oh we'll do true crime and then I was like yeah that's a great idea and then you did the first story mm-hmm. and then next week I had to do a story and I was like this is fucking shit <laughs> I have a fucking full time job an 8 year old a fucking know, stupid yeah. husband I just... and it's fucking nonsense too well, and then also we were so look at you. We were like, we'll, we'll put a story out once a week. Yeah, we should have said once a fortnight. Like, now I get why, like, fucking Buckles, who does nothing, nothing but for like six week, months. Like, yeah. He's like, he's now we have train. been taking the piss for the last month, so apologies, but you I know, know it is what it is. Leave me alone. <laughs> so you can't, that's not going to work. Oh. <laughs> Man, I have like, come back for season two of Murder Mother. <laughs> no, no, none of you will come back. The Shared Ground one was really fun, but you know the other one where the guy, the wife chopped off the guy's penis? Oh, yeah. What's her name? Bob, Bob it. Oh, that story was so That's much fun because that fucking thing did, ended in a place I didn't expect. Also, oh, the, the mountains looking for gold. gold. Yeah. Someone found the gold. Someone did find the gold. And it yeah. wasn't him. No, it wasn't him. I'll tell you something about that story, right? When they were recording that, Emma had a fucking smile on her face. <laughs> that AFX twin video was just like. <laughs> she was the happiest woman in the Here's fucking the world. Here's the thing about that, that case, though. I'm going to bring the mood down again. Um, that case is mainly about domestic violence. Yeah. See the the American media ran what they call his cock cut off story, but it is mainly about domestic violence. So I, I did smile when he got his penis cut off. I know you did, and I'd smile again. That's why I sleep with a cast iron chest. Okay. Um, also, do you know what a uh, fun episode to record as well was the Scissor Sisters episode? Oh, that's oh, a really that good actually was a good. Oh, no, yeah, you did a great job on that one. Okay, so Eric would like to know. Eric, what is the worst song ever? What is the most worst song ever? The most worst song the most ever. Most worst song ever. Uh, song. Anything by Maroon Five for me. <laughs> anything they have ever done. Any any time he has put a mic to his lips, that immediately. Um, or I hate that cunt. Or um, what else? I don't hate David. You do. I think he's a gaslighter, and I am standing by that. You have no proof, Alexa. I have proof. That album is proof. I have proof. Um, but yeah, no, I can't stand Maroon 5. I'm trying to think what other music I don't like, because I don't want to talk music. I 
love jungle music. I, David Bowie did a jungle album and it was oh, fucking great. Totally, yeah. Great jungle album. I, um, when, I remember when I first started hanging around with you, Colin was going through a jungle phase. <laughs> 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 I was like, you know that scene in Father Ted? Oh, you've got the boom <laughs> Colin. Colin was sleeping on Emma's sofa in fucking apartment of Cork Street. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then he was like, do you want to see a photo of me? I look lovely in it. Colin, when Colin first met, the first time Colin ever met Sarah, this is a true story, we were in town, I can't remember, we were in like, oh, sorry. And he kept saying to Sarah, do you want to see a selfie of me? He was just showing her selfies of himself. I was showing her my portfolio. And I could just see, I could see Sarah looking at me like, what the fuck is this? After he showed me three, and I went to him, I can. You're sitting. Yeah, I actually can. He went. My eyelashes look lovely in this one, and I went. There, I, I can actually see your eyelashes. Like, in my defense, I was either on drugs, just coming off drugs, or about to be going on drugs. On drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it was when you were going through the strain and the codeine. Oh yeah, yeah. The strain and the codeine. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was that a phase. gimmick for a while. Um, what's your most worst song? I hate that two cat song. Fuck off. Like, I fucking hate now, it. Now, I'm going to tell you something about the Emma's Two Cats song, That's right? That's a great song. Because I was like, we would be fucking murdered so if I we said, don't fucking do the Emma's Two Cats like, song. He can't remember the lyrics. So he was sitting down today listening to it, writing out the lyrics. Listen, that's because I, I care about putting on a good yeah. show. I went to him, just don't do it, do something else. And he was like, they'll kill me. They'll kill me. <laughs> Like Colin was at a gig in Cavan with his band the other day and um, he was, I think it was like two people came up to you? Two people, yeah. And it's his band, like his actual band, they were like, play him with two cats. <laughs> this fucking song, man. Fuck sake. Did you play it? No, I didn't. I'm honestly trying to hear. I didn't play because he didn't know the lyrics. Oh, he didn't know No, I gave him a drunk, like, yeah, like in, in the air, yeah. <laughs> um, For me, it's probably country music. You don't like oh. any country music? There's like one or two, but like not much. I'm trying to think of like a specific song, but I can't. I'm just thinking of a catalog, and it is literally Maroon Five. I think they're the worst band in the world. But I can't think of anything Do else. Do you not even like remember that like first album? No, I, Sunday morning. His when he but him, he does look like a seedy con. He's a seedy. Well, he was fucking cheating on his wife, so he could suck a dick. Yeah. But like he, Perfect. I just don't like. You don't like the script either. Imagine you don't like the script. Like, his wife reason. is a fucking yeah. story. I mean, like my wife's a Victoria's Secret model, but I can sleep with whoever. I, I can sleep with whoever. I hate him. Like, I hate Maroon Five. I can't think. Is there any other music that you listen to that I hate? Common like songs. A lot of music I listen. Yeah. New, oh, new Shellac. I fucking hate Shellac. Shellac are a great I band. I hate Shellac. Shellac are a great yeah. band. What's Shellac? I don't know. Shellac is Steve Albini's band. Oh yeah. A great band. By Shellac that goes kill him. Fucking kill him. <laughs> and it just says that for four minutes, and it's one of my husband's favorite songs. <laughs> and uh, these are a great band. I can understand why you hate that. That it's makes terrible sense. Terrible song. Anyway. They're a great band, though. Shellac are good. But yeah, I think for me, it's just a bad catalog. Marine Five, that's it. Okay, well done. Can't think of anything else. Right. Like, there's no music that comes on that I'm like, mm. you're trying I just to loads for you. Oh, Coldplay. Coldplay. Yeah, see, like, there's tons for you. Whenever anyone comes on with an acoustic guitar, fucking like, burn them all. If I was president of the universe, yeah. I would be a ma- I would, and every man that plays one in you go immediately. Acoustic music. And you're so fucking aggressive you know, about it. What? It's you know like when they fucking punched you in the face? I hate them. You know when you go see a band and you're like, I'm really excited about seeing this band, and they play one of their songs acoustically? Did I? That's never been acoustic. Play it with a fucking electric guitar. So yeah, but yeah, no. you're not like my husband. This is a true story. We went to see a perfect circle in London, oh. and uh, Graham is such an. Is that like a? Uh, or like a yay? Yeah. And uh, he uh, during the show, like I was like, they're really good, and people were like clapping along to a song, and Graham went to me, they do that here too. 
And I was like, they do what here too? I think he might be on the spectrum. And I was like, they do what here too? And he was like, they clap along to the songs. I fucking, I thought they only did that in Ireland and it's the most annoying thing. And I was like, they do that everywhere. Do it's that a sign of joy. Well. Yeah. Happy life. <laughs> a sign of people enjoying the music. It breaks my heart. Yeah. And then he was like, they never clap to the beat. Yes, they do. I was like, all right. But I've seen Graham at a gig, and I'm like, I don't know if you love yeah. this or hate this. <laughs> I, I, I can't figure out what's going on here. Like, you could potentially the hate this. I went to see Jack White, and he was like, that was the greatest gig we've ever been to. And he and did, no like, emotion. He just, like, just... the whole thing. <laughs> we, got a funny one. we got a funny one lately. We went to see Loreen. Me and Craig went to see Loreen lately. Lorene. We went to see Carrier from the Eurovision, then we went to see Loreen. And Craig was just like, Loreen, 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 Loreen. Have I mentioned Loreen? Loreen, Loreen, Loreen. So she came on and she's all nails and she's like, wow, wow, wow. Like esoteric, like, yes, my heart is refusing me. Oh, the gays are going fucking mad. And the gays are losing it. And Craig just turns around to me and goes, this is fucking shite. <laughs> She wasn't really singing, she was more like interpretatively dancing to and music. I, I was like, I colour me confused. I don't know what the fuck to do. Hurry up and play Euphoria before this fucking cunt goes off. My um, favourite thing was he went to see Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. And Craig put up an Instagram story and he was deadly serious. And he was like, who do I talk to about the fact there was no TV screens at the show? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, a public But he did, he, he said, is it Greta Van Fleet or the three or Yeah. <laughs> he was like, who do I need to Send this letter to is it the tree arena or, 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 or the band? Like, uh... right, let's go for another one. Okay, uh, who or what killed the girls in the murder triangle? Oh. Uh, Larry Murphy, from Laura, by the way. You're watching that at the moment, aren't you? I, 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 I was watching it with somebody that is like, what's what because I'm lonely. <laughs> work and I've been stuck at home sick and I just put up going to my TikTok stories and I'm like I'm watching this documentary for anybody else wants to watch it with me um, because I need somebody else to talk to I know, about I know, ADD. Yeah. Um, and so I watched the Vanishing Triangle documentary really recently and it's actually really fucking well done yeah. it's one of the few where in Ireland in particular where I was like it's phenomenally well done and at the end they go up to a spot where Larry Murphy is told to have said that someone's buried there and they go up with cadaver dogs that they pay for Oh, okay. And the cadaver dogs like a positive. both do positive markings yeah. in the exact same spot. Fuck. And then, but, so for me, the ones that make the most sense in terms of the space and the area that that person was, and in terms of like how close they lived to where those bodies were found, were not found, but were said we're to be, and to be were, yeah. were essentially kidnapped and murdered from. Um, those three for me were Larry Murphy. Larry Murphy. The other ones, I'm, I don't actually think. I don't know either, Murphy. yeah. I do think... Like Fiona Prender. Fiona Prender, covered, no, that wasn't. Like, we all that, know who killed her. That was, that was, a, that was close to home. he used to live with her. Yeah, that was close to home. My mother has a theory about that story that I can't tell you about because I get sued. But anyway, um, I yeah, for me as well, I think that there's a lot of those girls that were murdered. <sighs> I think it's more so that we have to remember that women are randomly murdered every day of the week. It's not, like, I understand that it's in a triangle, I understand that it's in a certain amount of space, but, like, every day women are being murdered. So Yeah, but to the kind thing of, about those ones in particular is he went to prison and it stopped. Yes, and it stopped. That's um, the thing, yeah. And it, like, immediately stopped. Um, I do, obviously, he is fully guilty of something. Yeah, like, yeah, you know I know. I mean? he, just... The woman that he, how he got caught was he essentially kidnapped a woman, yeah. put her in, the, in his car, his car yeah. Drove her to the exact same spot where 
like essentially those other women went missing yeah. and by the grace of god poachers came, came upon, upon her yeah but he had wrapped her head in like a plastic, plastic bag yeah um and that was like his mo it's like, just the fact that there's so many families that don't have answers it's what's so frustrating yeah and that is the thing and it's yeah. like it's really when they don't have a body when you don't have a body it's like near impossible yeah. to solve a case um, um but for me it like those definitely three. yeah he's yeah. involved in some way but unfortunately i have absolutely no fucking idea what happened to those other women like and i wish mm. i did yeah because their families are still suffering yeah, yeah, no, it's, but, awful. yeah. it's shit lads life's a nightmare Indeed, indeed it is. It is. <laughs> Being find, alive is I, a fucking nightmare. I have to find like segues between this horrifically fucking like harsh shit into, into, yeah, into... Oh, we don't have that into, here. No, we, we don't, don't have... We, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> What's he going to do? Better than nothing, better than nothing, lad. Who was the worst teacher you ever had? Oh, I know your answer. You tell yours. I know your answer. Stupid, miserable cunt. <laughs> Maths and she. Her name was Mrs. Dardis. Was her name? Um, yeah, and she. Okay. One, she despised me, but I also didn't make her life any easier. <laughs> so, like, she. I come from like a really shitty like financial background when it comes to my parents. Like, love them, but God, they should not have had children, and they did not know how to financially plan for any of us. Same. Yeah, and um, so when I started secondary school, I went to school outside of Ballyfermot because my sister was a heroin addict, and my mum's response to my sister being a heroin addict was, it's "The school's fault." The school. The school Definitely the, the, the school. The school Ballyfermot gave her the heroin. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> you're going to the other yeah, school. <laughs> you can't go here because I'm afraid they're going to give you the heroin too. Um, so, I went to a school outside in Clondalkin and it was way more expensive and we had no grant. So, by third year, the, like when we started school, I couldn't afford a maths book. My parents couldn't afford it. And so, for the first, da, 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 da. For the first two weeks, I was like, I don't have a maths book. And this teacher was like, You fucking miserable, smelly, <laughs> stupid bitch. <laughs> Stop using this excuse in my class. And I was like, do you know what? Okay. And so we got into like a big fight, but I was reading me and I told the story in the podcast. Remember, so funny. her husband was in like a wheelchair and I was like, I'm glad your husband was in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> he probably does that because he's a liar. I was just really upset by the fact that she was like, you're a liar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for the entire year, because I told her that I was happy, like the whole thing, she was like, you can never be in my class. So I did maths by myself in the library because <laughs> no other teacher would have me in their class because she like blacklisted me you were on a blacklist <laughs> yeah. you now i did take the piss in school is she dead no i don't uh, think so but the vice principal's dead and she was a cunt as well <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like a ripper she took me into the into on the day of my junior cert results called my mother and father without telling me and so my mum and dad thought like I'd done like really poorly in my junior set results and it wasn't she had someone had told her I was starting a cult for this yeah 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 so like I got like they came over the intercom they were like Sarah Jane Hefton please come to like the fucking principal's office and I got there and my mum was there and I was like eh my dad who got the call was like I ain't going yeah um, and my mum was like is everything okay and I was like yeah and she was like yes yeah, so we just she's the next Jim Jones Jane, yeah Someone has said that she was at the church last night and oh that she wrote God. Satan on the ground. And I was like, I, I didn't, but I wish I did. That sounds like great Was crack. it because you were like kind of I was like super goth. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. had rip, like, but yeah. And then she was like, Sarah Jane can come to the junior star party tonight. Oh. I know. 
was your school all nuns? Yeah, yeah, all nuns. Oh, okay. All like super Catholic. Shocker. But it was okay. I went to the junior star party and hung around in the car park. <laughs> Good. And it was like, these are all a bunch of old people. <laughs> it looks shit in there. <laughs> it's great out here in the car park. Um, and yeah, she's suspended me for like three days. What was her first name? Uh, Mrs. Darcy. Yeah. I have no idea. You don't know her first name? No. No. Oh my god. I know the vice principal's name was Margaret. 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 Don't give us her name. Yeah, it's alright. Don't give us her name. Anyway, she, they were all cunts. Mine is not that bad at all. My worst teacher, we had a teacher in our primary school, and her name was Mrs. Kenny. And she was a nun. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> knows. Uh, she was a nun, and then she left the nunnery to marry. Yeah, she married, when I say... A priest. A potato of a man. Like, it's the only way I can describe him. So she married him and she had two kids, but she was a rip-roaring bitch. Like, because when you're a kid, you don't understand that teacher, sometimes adults are being awful. So we had two people in our class that clearly had severe learning difficulties. So she would get them to read from the book. And then when they couldn't get the words, she would make up the words. So I remember one time we were reading a book and he couldn't understand what the word was and she said the word was parrot and it was and it was like something like school or something. And he didn't know because he was so severely dyslexic. And everybody was laughing. And I was like, oh no, I'm learning empathy in a really bad way because Aww. I feel so bad for him. But she was like mocking him at the top of the class. And then she used to keep the girls when we were, I think we had our, was Yvonne, was it fourth class we had her? Third or fourth class. Yeah, so she would like um, basically tell us that having our period was dirty and bad. She bring us in and like my friend Kerry remembers this as well and she told us that if we had our period oh this one yeah that we had to like wrap our towel in a piece of tissue paper and put it in our bag and keep it in our bag so nobody would know about it she was she's dead now but she was an old bitch that one that was she was my worst teacher but it was only in hindsight that I realised she was like a terrible human being because you're going through it you're like oh they're an adult yeah. they I understand know, I, I just because of my ADD anyone with authority was a problem you were like fuck you no, I loved I, teachers. Yeah, I was no, like, I was oh, like, they're teachers, but... Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> but yeah, she was a rip, and she was a nun as well. Yeah, no, the nuns are like, honestly... That my ma hates nuns. Don't talk to my yeah, ma yeah. about nuns. We just had a glass of wine. She fucking hates them. <laughs> hates them. But yeah, she was horrible. Oh, we also... Oh, my God. We had uh, our head teacher. His name was Master Hunt. We had to call him Master. <laughs> Which, when I look back, I'm like, what the fuck? But his name was um, Master Hunt. He must be 102 by now. Like, he's still alive. He was a dirty fucker. Not, like, gross, like, scummy dirty. But he was so filthy, and he wore the most obvious wig I have ever seen in my life. It was, a, like, the wind would blow, and it go like that. And he'd be walking across the yard. But he would come in in the morning, right? And he would have a gone-off banana, rotten banana, two bun burgers like you know the bun burgers and he would put squash the banana into the bun burgers and sit at the desk watching us and eating it and he'd be like talking and he'd be spitting the food and then he had one teacup that he used every single day and he didn't wash it Aww. it was black and he would give us the teacup and make us go down to the sink and like wash the tea <laughs> so yeah master hunt yeah. <laughs> master hunt. we had to call him master hunt yeah, and he was terrifying. He was about five foot four. When I look back, I'm like, I could have stood on you. He was tiny, and he had the loudest scream you've ever heard. Like, he would fucking lift you out of it. And one time, I was at my desk, and I sneezed really loudly, and I couldn't hold it in. He fucking obliterated me. Oh, really? I was crying after it. And then he just Aww. went to me, oh, I suppose it was only a sneeze. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm crying! Yeah, no, he was horrible. Yeah, so him. I forgot about him. Master Hunt, yeah? 
Now, folks, we are coming towards the end of this little shindig. So we're going to do the shindig. last few. Rapid fire, all right? Okay, let's Rapid go. Fire. Sorry, I'm talking too much. Go on. Bonnie wants to know. The cure. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Is the cure a thing in Cork? Like, do you go get the cure? Oh, my God. Do you not? Okay. Do you no, like yeah, no, she's not talking about the band. Not the band. I like the cure. So just for anybody who has not listened to broadcasting, oh, there is like the cure. Someone in the village can cure things and you go to them and they If you like shingles. And you're not allowed to pay for it. You can't pay for it. If you du- like In Dublin, you'd be commodifying the shit out of it. <laughs> if you have like shingles or chicken pox or... Is it a thing? Is it a thing? <laughs> I wish. Who said the holy well? Yeah, we have a holy well as well in Longford. There's a one up the road from us that you go, and if you have warts, you rub the water on your warts and the warts. Do you want to know a gas holy well a story? A warts well. A warts well. Is that what it's on the sign? Yeah. Get there. Six <laughs> miles to the warts well. We live. Uh, we're yeah. A hole in rock. Yeah. Exact same. Exact same. Yeah. Where I live in. Uh, where I live in a Newtown Cashel in County Longford. There's a well called Lady Well, and a fella. <laughs> Was going down to it, and he was putting his dick in the holy water because he had the warts. And he was going, and people, people were seeing him coming, like because my father's the fisherman in the dark, blah blah blah. And he was like, yeah, he comes down there, and he goes in, and I wonder what he's doing. So anyway, uh, people were kind of on the lookout for him, and they caught him with his dick in the water. Dipping his nick in the water. Yeah, they he used to call had it, a severe case of warts. He absolutely yeah. had. They used to call him, warts. They used to call him the electric eel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. Go. Next question. Okay, here we go. The cure is great. Um, uh, if your pets could talk, who's the biggest dick? <laughs> who's the biggest dick out of Lucille. all our pets? Lucille. No, yeah, Lucille. Yeah. Cookie is stupid. My Oliver dog is, is dead behind me. Honestly. Oliver is. <laughs> Ollie is just on his way out. Ollie's like a million years old. He can't, like, I, this is disgusting. <laughs> Emma came over today and I was like, bring out. <laughs> Should bring that dog to the vet getting put down and she was like why I was like I'm shaking the shit out of him she's literally hot. he can't poop he doesn't know that he has to he poop, can't poop. Sorry, he can't poop. Up, it's like shaking baby syndrome <laughs> you can't, can't poop legs. yeah Oliver like, ah. Oliver is my son like I'm so upset about the whole thing and I'll be devastated she brought me to the bathroom and I was on the phone to Graham and I was like I'm going to fuck you <laughs> <laughs> and I had him over the toilet and I was like <laughs> shaking the shit out of him Dogs, the but none of your dogs will be dicks. Jack is severely mentally yes, unwell, so, so he is not going to be. The cat's got nothing. There's our, nothing. Our biggest animal that was a dick was Emma's old. Yeah, my old Hades. cat Hades. My cat Hades that died. He was a arsehole. Like he Hades. Shit in the he used to. If I didn't give him his food all the time, he went and shit in my shower. Or if you if you like say you went into the kitchen, you're like I'm just grabbing something. We didn't put food in his bowl. He'd follow you and bite the back of your legs. Yeah, arsehole. I love the bones of him, but he, he was, was an arsehole. Feral. Feral. Like he, he was, was insane. Like, she found him at the bin. Yeah, and I found him in a bin. So he was. But uh, Jack has a lot of problems. Jack is. Yeah, Jack can't climb or anything. He's going not on. like dead um, behind the eyes. What like the hyperplasia. Or uh, cerebellar hyperplasia. You know the wobbly cats. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's really funny. Sometimes we'd have to put the two cats into the kitchen, just keep them in the kitchen because we're doing some shit. Like, and Jack, if you listen to the podcast, you know Jack screams his fucking head off because he's everything. Oh! Oh! And Hades used to be putting the fucking shoulders. <laughs> oh, Jack! He's cats of all time. Jack's a fool. God love him. So no, no, you're none of your dogs. Hades would have been. Lucille's probably, but it's just because she won't. She's smart, but yeah. 
Okay, next one, very quick one. Uh, Claire wants to know, money is no object, where are you going on holiday? Oh. Japan. Oh, Japan. Definitely Japan. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And New Zealand. New Zealand and Japan. I want to go to New Zealand. I really want to go to New Zealand. I'll just go wherever Irma goes. Yeah. So, but definitely Japan. And then when we get there, she'd be like, when will I tell you all the interesting things about this place? And I'm like, all right. Yeah, she just follows behind me like a little duckling. And she'd be like, do you want to come here for food? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Oh, then one time she brought me to like a fucking vegan cafe in New York, and I was no, like, "No, that was Leslie. Myself. That was Leslie." No, 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 you brought me to one where oh, they, I did. they gave me I did. chia seed yeah, pudding. Yeah, I did. It was rotten. It was and absolutely they were like, disgusting. Uh, th- this pudding is made of chia seed, and it looked really nice. Yeah. And we, it, the place is dead quiet. And yeah. I was sitting right at the window. I said, "This is made out of tissue paper." <laughs> you actually went, "What is this shit?" <laughs> I was like, "That woman is right there," and had clearly made this with her own I two hands. She painted tissue paper brown. <laughs> It was disgusting. <laughs> but usually I bring you to nice places. Yeah, and then afterwards I was like, thanks very much. Thanks so much. Bye. 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 Uh, yeah, definitely. Do you have any of you been to Japan? Was it amazing? Oh, I really want to go. Yeah, that's definitely. I really want to go buy weird shit. Yeah, I want to spend so much money I over there. I want to buy women's sneakers in the vending machine. I'm going to tell you that we were honest. A 10 story sex shop in Tokyo. Whenever I'm in work. Why, what's, what's, what's story, story nine or ten? Story, story eight or ten. They get tentacles. Tentacles. Oh, tentacles. tentacles. Oh, look, she's like, tentacles. Look at this one. Story four tentacles? Okay, cool. She's like, tentacles are green. <laughs> tentacles are not weird. <laughs> don't, don't judge me and my sexual preference. One time I went to a sex shop with Colin and Craig. At, no, Colin and Jamie. And I was so, I'm de- deeply uncomfortable about those things. So I went into the sex shop and I was kind of just standing. But everywhere I stood... I couldn't avoid what was happening. So then at one point I turned around and there was like uh, rubber feet. And I was like, what is this for? And obviously the shopkeeper saw me and he was like, oh, it's for like putting a foot up your ass. And I was like, okay, grand. So, and then I walked down and I saw books and I was like, maybe books. So then I went to the book section and then there was a man with his whole le- like foot up to there, up another man's anus. I was like, I need to leave here immediately. <laughs> And they were just trying on gas masks and having the best fucking time in their life. And I was like, no, I have to get out of here. So the eight-story sex shop is not, I don't think that's for me. I, I don't know, think She'll have a fucking ball. I work people, because like, we have a Japanese division and I'm always trying to get them to send me there. And they absolutely won't. And so last time we were in work, my boss was like, why do you want to go to Japan? And I don't care. For the weird shit. I was like, there's weird shit in Weird Japan. shit, man. And she was like, like what? Shit. And I was like, there's sex hotels. She was like, well, I was like, I really want to go to one. I don't want to have sex in one. She, want, she wants to go with me. She keeps talking about love hotels. Yeah, yeah, I want to. hotel? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd say it'd be so easy. Don't be fucking lying. <laughs> you were at a 10-story sex store and then went to a sex hotel. We all know what you were yeah. there. Um, but yeah, I want to go there. I want to buy the weirdest shit. Yeah, I want to go to... Love hotels look so fun. And yeah, one time I was in London and I walked into a sex shop in Soho. And the guy behind the counter was like, POV porn, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You got that kind of face, obviously, for POV like, porn. Do you know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> okay, folks. So, right, we got one left, which I'm going to let Emma read, because I'm going to get go down again. Toilet again. You're going no, to get the toilet again. for the big finish. Okay. Lisa. Auntie Lisa. Oh, hi, Lisa. Hello. Um, said, so, A, Ian Bailey did it, with an exclamation mark and not a question mark. Um. I know. Do you think? You think so? Oh, who says no? Hands up for no. Hands up for yes. Oh, we're outnumbered. Okay. Some people didn't put their hands up. Cowards! Don't put your hands up. Um, I don't know. Do you definitely think yeah. Jesus! What she said? She said they're sitting on the gate. 
where the fuck is the gate? Like? The gate's gone missing. The gate's gone missing. Where's the gate? Um, isn't he like super ill? I heard he was super ill. Um, mentally. Mentally and physically. Um, so E. Bailey did it with an exclamation mark. No question. So B, uh, you all have amazing chemistry as co-hosts and you've inspired me to want to do my own. Oh, but I think I'll be doing it solo. Any tips on how to get started? Just do it. Honest to God, because we had no intention of doing anything. And me and Sarah always have these like grandiose ideas. We're like, we're going to do this. But we just sit in our house and drink tea and watch documentaries. So just get put a microphone into your laptop literally it's yeah, the like, only advice honestly, i'll give you just do just it, do it because and the, the other thing is like get your friends to like so like we did this and we genuinely were like no one's gonna listen to it yeah and then emma's sisters who are lovely were like yeah we listen and my family were like yeah whatever <laughs> yeah. and i was like what's a prod my mother calls it a broadcast and like, it drives me fucking that, insane is that on the radio are you doing your broadcast this then, week honestly i was like actually you can't listen to a man because you get an awful time she does <laughs> Um, like the stuff I tell to my therapist, I <laughs> just saying the podcast, just and podcast, it's yeah. all about you. Um, <laughs> but just do it, and then like if you think you're gonna do it solo, reach out to other like the the community of podcasters yeah. in Ireland. As much as we talk shit about Go Loud, everybody honestly, genuinely is like, hey, can I be the most people are lovely. Do you want to yeah. be on mine? Like, what's it about? Would you like to? Guess? What do you want to do about? Yeah. Do you know? Is this put you on the spot? Weird sex hotels in Japan. <laughs> first, first guest. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. That's a fucking great idea. Yeah, because Celts loved the females. That's a yeah. great idea. That's fantastic. Just do it. Just, I think I hate saying this because we don't for we should plan. We we should plan. So plan, but we don't plan. Yeah, and then don't saying. like. Here's your thing. Everything I said earlier on about being like, we'll do one once a week. Just stop that. <laughs> Don't give anybody like, any idea of when you're gonna. Any, like, just be like. Element of surprise. Just put I, one up. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put this up when I want to. Yeah. So. Um, and like, you'll like it. And also send it to us when you're done because we'll 100% promote yeah, it on that yeah. podcast. Yeah. Just send it to yeah. us. Like, a thousand percent. Just send it to us. We'll, we'll totally put it on our podcast page. Also, like, we were very lucky because our tattoo artist, Keelan, uh, her name is Dinky on Instagram, she was one of the first people that really pushed our podcast. And I will say this, if I send Keelan a, do- a podcast about Celtic women, she would lose her fucking shit. Yeah. She would love it. So she would. we were just very, we were very fortunate. I think we're very, very lucky in what happened to us. Like, yeah. it's mad because we weren't expecting this. Like, I thought my fat, my sisters would listen to it and that was it. Yeah, that honestly, honestly that's genuine. Put it out there and, and do it, and yeah. don't like ever. And honestly, send it to us when you want it, and we'll yeah. we'll pop it up. So you can call me on an episode with us because we don't want to do a story. No, you can talk about the cows. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Come and talk to us about it because we don't want to do anything. Emma, Emma just be like, this person wants us to be on her podcast. And I'm like, do you want to be on ours? <laughs> do they want to do story? Do they want to talk? Because we don't want to talk. Like, um, I don't want to like, talk, but I don't want to write stories. <laughs> well, um, best of luck, Elise, and I hope it goes really, really well for you. And just fucking do it, man. Just do it. Women are great. There should be more women doing so many things. Just to put it out there. So yeah, so best of luck. Best, on best, best of luck. that note, I think we. I can see Colin down the back being like, "It's my moment." To share my <laughs> moment. Um, this is my solo moment. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to say goodbye. Thank you so We're much, everybody. To- thank you. 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 Have a lovely night. Take care. Get home.
god, here we go again. <laughs> oh shit, that's the intro. Fuck, I fucked this. I fucked this. Dude, if you go to, you see the thing where it says playlist at the side? Right, it says Femcat W-A-W. And that's the one. There we go. <laughs> yes, I'm reading the fucking words. You'll be happy you're getting the song. <laughs> deaf when you're born? Do you live in a box? Do you pee really loud when I leave open the door? Do you cry in the bath when I'm a ghost in the shops? And do you eat really fast and throw up on the floor? Here we go. Because Emma's cats can and Emma's cats do. 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 Do you sleep like the dead and leave hair at the bed? Do you scrape at the door when you want to be fed? Will you not eat the cat food because it's too cheap? Will you suck out the gravy and spit out the meat? This song's for Emma's two cats. Feminist songs 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 for Emma's two cats. Do you hide under the bike cause you're afraid of the hoover? Hiss at the candle cause it isn't your smell. Do you snap at Craig's ankle cause you think he is evil? Do you get very brave and attract the blue pen? Do you act like a dick when Sarah brings round the dog? Cause you please use your tray when you're baking the log. Can you fall on your head cause your brain is imbalanced? If you can and you do, then you're Emma's two cats. Feminist songs for 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 Emma's two cats. Well, oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, like some kind of cat Jesus. Have you written a screenplay about mice that can fly? Can you give me advice on the kitty stock market? Or will you start eating him at the moment she dies? Feminist songs for Emma's two cats. 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 Feminist songs for Emma's empire's rule for a million cat years. Can you intimidate humans and live inside cows? Do you have just one word that can mean anything? Travel the stars in amazing cat things. Our given names are Hades and Jack. We bring to you our podcast for cats. Murder most feline, our favorite show. Listen to the sound of us licking our holes. <laughs> Cat POV porn. Our mystical god calling the keeper. 
keeper of the hand that man follow his And biological cats, biographical cats, and mechanical cats, nihilist cats, and sycophantical cats, Britannical cats, and cats, neurotical cats, the anatomical cats, good at maths, cats and cats wearing hats, cats from the flats are doing their plats, cats that look like even tatty or rats, umbilical cats, and whimsical cats, alcoholical cats, and biographical cats. Very small cats and middle cats. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 